is a trigger warning. If you need a trigger warning, you're on the wrong podcast. This has been a trigger warning. Hey, you're probably hearing this podcast either through iTunes or SoundCloud, something like that. Or maybe you've heard it on the syndicated radio show across the country. But you may not know that this show is actually live streamed. Video live streamed every Thursday night, 8 o'clock Eastern. Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern at louderwithcrowder.com or youtube.com slash Steven Crowder. You can actually watch the live stream, see the guests, see all of these little infographics going on there. We have some exclusive commercials. You get to see the Hopper Cam, people like the Hopper Cam, uh, and additional firings of Not Gay Jared. So, again, it's free. If you want to see what you're hearing, go watch the live stream. Thursdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. LotterWorthCrowder.com. You found yourself at the junction where worlds meet. Politics. Civility? How about honesty in this country, folks? Entertainment. I don't like entertainment. And a whole bunch of other stuff. It's about having a healthy body image. You have a very unhealthy body. You should have a horrible body image. Not a big home improvement market in Detroit. <laughs> We are definitely going to get letters. You're listening to Talk Radio's Strangest Animal. You're a strange animal. That's what I know. You're getting louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. Oh, I'm in the speedy to Glad. To be with you, you know that sound. That sound means that it's the sound of the weekend. The sound doesn't mean that it's the sound of the weekend. It simply is. What are we? We simply are. I am your host, Steven Crowder. Producing with me in video studio with the live stream, as always, is not Gay Jared. You can follow him at Twitter, on Twitter, at not Gay Jared. I fulfill my legal obligations. Draw your own conclusions. Are we good? We're good. That was a deep intro. We are. We simply, we simply are. are. Just relax for a bit. Just take it all in. Okay, Not gay Jared's an ass, therefore he is. This, These are the questions that we ponder. Big show today. We have uh, Austin Peterson running for libertarian candidate, running for office, presidential office of the United States. Dean Cain, Superman. Dean Cain. Dean Cain. Dean Cain. Doesn't need any other. And Andrew Clavin. Andrew Clavin. Uh, a lot of news this week, of course. Carly Fiorina announced as VP pick. So we'll get into that. We're going to get into all of the news. But, Okay. Let's let's <laughs> let's start this off here. Every now and then, I make the news. That happens. You know, usually we comment on the news. I write jokes about the news, and then every now and then, I am in the news. And that is what happened this week for people. I don't want. I, you know, listen. Let's 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 just drop the whole facade of false humility. Okay, the rant went viral, over a million plays. Uh, I was at U- University of Massachusetts Amherst with Milo Yiannopoulos and Christina Hoff Summers to talk about political correctness. They were going to lecture. I was going to do some stand-up, and then we were going to do a Q&A. And so this this whole thing went viral. A lot of people haven't watched the whole hour-and-a-half panel. They just saw me go off, kind of go nuclear for about four minutes. So I want to give you some behind-the-scenes kind of footage. Not get joking to you. I was pretty tense before this event. Yeah. Because there were a lot of threats. 
So you said, don't talk to me. I need to be all consumed was your words. <laughs> I don't remember intense. that specifically. You're too, you're too consumed to remember that. that they kinda, that's what happens. You're going into an ideological war zone. We sure. had a lot of threats, people saying literal blood will be spilled. That's what you saw on Facebook. And whatever people saw publicly, there was a lot more behind the scenes going on. And secu- there was, you may not see there was a lot of security going on. So there's that component. And then there's a component of just wanting to get your point across. So... The rant happens, it went viral, but I want to clarify a few things. I mean, the tension was you could cut it with a knife. First off, the rant, a lot of people thought that my rant was falsely aimed at who has now become (laughs) infamously tagged as Trigglypuff. For those of you who missed her, uh, this is is Trigglypuff. And energy lost. <laughs> God. Just. Talk about perpetuating the original uh. stereotype of no stamina. I was not yelling the androgynous amoeba. The person I was singling out was not Trigglypuff. However, what you didn't see in the rant was when we came out, very first thing when they introduced us, before we did our opening remarks, they introduced us, we come on stage. I did give Trigglypuff, um, I came out. First thing I see is this this giant mass and a couple of friends, I think, giving me the finger. As soon as I walk out, before I've even said anything. So, I did uh, give Trigglypuff this salute. Next, conservative comedian and host of the popular podcast, Louder with Crowder, Steven Crowder. Now, I've never done that before. It's not very Christian of me. Not Gay Jared was watching with his uh, with his friend, and he said, "Oh, well, yeah, you know, I haven't seen Stephen do stand up." And then you said, "I came out." I came out like this. This is not Stephen stand up. <laughs> this is Stephen pissed. <laughs> this is not Stephen stand up. So, but just, did you see that though? Did you see what happened with that? What happened? Did you see that? I, I, you didn't catch it. If you watch it this way, you can catch what, it a little better. Turn down for what? Okay. Well played. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. In case okay. someone missed it. we got to be clipping a lot because I have all these clips here to show yep. people. Yeah, I have this for the first time I actually have a show prep. You're hearing this shuffling. I'm doing like a little Rush Limbaugh where I shuffle papers but I'm not really using them. I actually need this because there was so much that happened that night. It was like a two-hour event. Well, hurry up. I need a Kleenex. Okay. So, <laughs> I did give Trigglypuff the finger. However, the person I was specifically and- uh, addressing, the androgynous little amoeba who was looking to get laid, was actually, and this is, you'll see him here, he asked a question later on, it was this young gentleman, for clarity. Hi, yeah, I wanted to ask um, if you guys were aware of the, the things you, that you said before about um, Islam, and I wonder if you guys are aware of how that contributes to acts of violence against Muslim people and Islamophobia, but you kind of already answered it, so let me just say... Trump and Black Lives Matter. And, sir, I have a question. Why do you feel... Why do you feel compelled to defend an ideology that would throw you off a roof for looking like Rachel Maddow? Oh, and by... It's true. By the way. By the way. (laughs) Um... So that was the guy I was going off on because he he was really he had it in for me specifically because of the... Some people were there for Milo. They were mad about the gay stuff. Yeah. Even though he's gay. And then some people were there specifically angry about my Islam stuff, if you look at the Q&A. Well, that guy, he just, it was like a sketch. I know, it, it we couldn't seem, write a sketch. I couldn't write a sketch. Yeah. Yeah. And if Donald Trump, Trump Black Lives Matter. Woo! Doyle rules. Woo! So this was the guy. 
who I was going off on. Now, here's something that's really important. People don't understand freedom of speech. These kids think genuinely, well, we're exercising our freedom of speech. No, they're not. They are not exercising their freedom of speech. They continually yelled out, you know, when when the moderator would say, hey, these are our guests. They're not our guests. They're not our guests. Get the F off the stage. Which is ironic because these kids don't even believe that they should be paying for school at all, but yeah. they believe that they should have a say on who somebody else pays as a guest. So to give you an idea as to the entitlement here, um, that's the atmosphere. They weren't even yelling out questions we were going to a Q&A. They simply wanted to shout out any opinion that didn't agree with theirs. I mean, it was just yelling racist, homophobe, transphobe. It was, it was all much louder, I'm sure, there than we were able to yes. hear on the video because he was just picked up on you guys' as mics. I exactly. Think. So it was much louder and disrupt, disruptive. Well, and that's the big difference, too, is you know, I'm a comedian. It's one thing to go up and, and lecture, and, and Christina Hoff Summers and Milo yeah. are great at that. I've been doing stand-up since 17. So at a stand-up special, when people you, you have a mic on the audience yeah. just because you want to register the laughs. Um, and, and that was one thing where they went up and they just couldn't – Milo was quick. Christina Hoff Summers couldn't get through her speech, couldn't get through it because they kept yelling. They kept interrupting. It was so loud. She couldn't even hear herself. So if you hear her stumbling over her words, it's not because she's inarticulate. I couldn't even hear them a lot. You hear the microphone, but the sound's going this way, and we're talking – so I couldn't even hear a lot of the questions. That's how loud and disruptive they were. So it's important for you to know that so you have the context that we didn't just go out and, and – and, Assault, drop the, the A-bomb on these people. And, listen, I understand that it's easy to feel bad for Fat Triglypuff, right? It, listen, she probably wasn't treated very well. She was probably bullied. I understand that. However, you get to a certain point where she has become absolutely everything that she claims to hate. She is the bully. She may be fat and unattractive. She is fat and unattractive. And people get mad because they think that automatically makes her the underdog. She's not only a bully where someone maybe said something mean in a woman's restroom. She wants to try and prevent people like me, Milo, Christina Hoff Summers, from being able to make a living. Simply because we have an opinion. For every protest you see like this, there's 20 behind the scenes where these people get folks fired, they boycott them, they get them banned so that they can't uh, collect their speaking fees and make a living. So that's where I start to lose the empathy. These people are absolute monsters, both in the figurative and, and, and the physical sense. I get it. Believe me, the irony is not lost on me. Okay, we're going to have to go even past the breaks. but So I wanted to explain that so it doesn't seem like we're going in to be the mean triggering people when you see how the Q&A unfolded. Um, Jared, let's go to – yeah, right away, right away I was asked on – rape culture and was lobbed at me that I was a rape apologist. So here's something that we had to answer and, and shut people down. Here's one of the very first questions regarding rape culture. We've rigged the deck against young boys and they're more confused and angry than ever. And people coming out and implying that all of these boys are somehow racist or sexist or perpetuating rape culture. You are going to screw up men for generations to come. And this androgynous, spineless amoeba here who wants to get with the social justice warrior drum circle. Listen, I'm not talking about some false sense of machismo. Why don't we start off by talking about families, by talking about getting married and staying with your wife, by talking about how to raise your kids properly. Let's teach young boys to be men, but oh no, we can't do that. That'd be a moral judgment. You want to fix whatever the actual rape statistic is, and it's not one in five? You need to start getting judgmental and teach young boys how to become men, but you don't want to do that because it's judgmental. Um, by the way, yeah, the rape statistic is not really one in five. They keep I didn't even throwing close. that out. 
Not even they, close. It used to be one and four, and then they just subtly like, oh, we got to scale this back. Well, let's do it gradually. Gradual steps. <laughs> let's do baby steps. Let's go one and so five. So only 50 years from now, we'll get close to the actual Well, because statistic. one statistic just had it recently was like one in 54. Christina Hoff Summers was talking about it, and she says, that sounds too drastic. It's probably somewhere in the middle. Well, it wasn't even, they weren't even trying to get the statistic when they came up with that number. They got the number from some random like questionnaire thing that like, they just kind of estimated. I watched the whole video on it, and it was, it was interesting. It, it came from not even a real study I about I appreciate your zeal, My but zeal that is, is not there. a substantiated argument. I kind of watched a video on it, and I'm pretty. No, no, no. Bring I me could, your source. I will. I will bring you. Bring source. me your source. I think you're correct, but I don't want to think that. I don't want our audience to think that that is our standard of burden of proof. That's mine. Uh, not yours. How not, quick is the next clip? Is it quick enough to before? Now we got thirty seconds, so we can't play it. No. Okay. Well, we'll come back. We have a bunch more to play, and then we have Austin Peterson running for Libertarian candidate. After listen. It is an ideological fight out there, and, and that's what this was. You could really feel that tension. We shoot up so you don't have to. Stay tuned. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with We take you now to a live debate between John Stossel and social justice warrior Skyler. See, the thing about free college is when you add up the taxes and the incentives and the financial grants, it isn't free. Hey man, that's hate speech! Well, if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty of the logic of the situation... Fuck you! Get off the stage! I'm just trying to... You're a racist and a bigot and you need to... I fucking hate you! Listen, it's a matter of policy, and when it comes down to- Don't give a about your policy! You need to check your white privilege, you- I- I hope you die! We'll update you as these debates unfold. What are you doing? Uh, I'm just browsing AR15.com. You mean the site about the scary black rifle with the best prices, community, and information on the web? Ah, oh, what the hell's the difference? AR15.com! Kaboom! AR15.com! Kaboom! AR15.com! Kaboom! You know, they just heard the three takes. You did three takes, you didn't edit it. They can hear you. Kaboom! Glad to be back. Man, I hope I don't get sick again. A few weeks ago, I had that drip going on. The problem is when you get sick, you just you just can't get out from under it when you're traveling so much. I've got to cut back on some of this, especially when it involves going in with the pond scum buckets that are the social justice protesters at <laughs> University of Methodist Amherst. Amherst. Important note, though, before we continue with this, there's, there's something like 29,000 students at UMass. That's pretty significant. Yeah. So, and there, I think there might have been somewhere, but somewhere between, I've heard as low as seven hundred, as high as a thousand people at this venue, and maybe an eighth, a quarter to an eighth of them were yelling and protesting. So, don't, don't, don't uh, get this twisted in thinking that this is mainstream. These people are not mainstream. They simply scream the loudest. 
and they have a very sympathetic media because they're on board with the cause. Just like there's a great book called The Polit- uh, Politically Incorrect Guide to the 60s. When you think 60s, you think flower power hippies. You know what the best-selling albums were in the 60s? Show tunes and country albums. It was never mainstream. The hippie stuff was never mainstream. Most people hated them and wanted to get to class. So when people look back 20, 30 years from now, they're going to try and make it seem like this was the area of social justice equality. It's not true, just like it's not it's it's never been true that the the hippies dominated the the mainstream American cultural sphere in the 60s and early 70s. So, all right, sidebar. Uh We'll go back to kind of going through. For those who haven't watched the full video, we have it up at LadderWithCredder.com. The whole one-and-a-half-hour panel debate with Milo, who was great, of course, and Christina Hoff-Summers, who was stellar. I'm trying to think. The next question we have was, is this the guy who talks about the hate speech? Oh, the hate speech. speech We're going to do a video on this next week because hate speech, by the way, is a figment of your mind. It doesn't exist. People just, they couldn't believe. We're not going to run the clip. I said, I I just don't believe in hate speech. It's It's not a thing. It's not a thing. Next question. There isn't, hate speech is not a thing. Bye. And then this guy was so triggered. Sometimes people get more triggered by the short answer. Yeah. We're trained through media to try and be verbose and flowery and take your... Let's be honest, Milanopoulos can take his time with some answers, and it's, it's wonderful to watch. But sometimes you, you mess up that rhythm with a staccato, boom, there is no hate speech. And the guy's brain just... It took about three hours to compose this question. Right. It took about three hours to compose this question. You're just like... Next. Right. Exactly. Everything that guy said... Yeah. Uh, so this was then how he descended into madness. I don't be- we don't believe in hate speech. We answered your question. Leave. What if someone beat up because of something that you said? Who was beat up because of what I said? Your friend was beat up because of something that I said? That's what we call being unable to substantiate an argument, Mr. Tank Top. Get out. We have to move on to other questions. We'll, we'll Shame take on our me, next right. question here. Shame on your delts. Put a Shame on, on your stylist, darling. <laughs> I love how I first thing I thought when I saw it, I'm like I love how you both you and Milo insulted the guy, but it was clearly the same insult from a straight guy and a gay guy. Exactly. Shame on your delts. Put a shame, shame on, on your stylist. Shame on your stylist. Darling. It's darling. the exact same it's insult. Like, yeah, it's just fantastic. Just, yeah, just the one is from there. one is from a straight man. Uh, by the way, I didn't know Tom from Blink-182 circa 2003 was, was still hanging around He's campus. He's still at campus. I don't know. He just can't get enough of it. Someone's a pedophile. <laughs> so. uh a lot of bro tanks. People were commenting on that. If you go yeah, here, I was surprised too. as to how many bro tank tops there were. That guy just couldn't handle it. Shame on your delts. You can turn that into a meme or a t-shirt. People really seem to like it. Something that was a big irony for people who talked about rape culture and patriarchy and trying to silence women, they missed one key irony. And and when I brought it up, they certainly weren't too comfortable. Jared, roll clip. They don't need wild, hysterical exaggeration. Truth is on the side of compassion. One irony here. There's o- okay, listen, listen. Social justice leftists here, okay? Let's just, let's just point out an irony. The only people right now who are trying to intimidate and silence and threaten a woman here are you. Um, gosh, I look more angry than I thought my face did. Yeah, you did. You did not look pl- pleased. <laughs> a lot of people ask me if I have restless leg or if I was on cocaine. I was just so angry. I think it was just that and the shoes that threw everybody off. You know, myself. I've worn those shoes since I've known you. I know. I've never not worn those shoes. You got lots of comments, lots of comments. And those are the only shoes I can wear after my knee surgery because they're slip-ons. So that was a big irony. They were just yelling out, you know, ah, bitch, things like that at this woman. And like, bitch. And then yelling out, you're sexist. I'm like, what? Just called an, you just called a woman who could be your, your grandmother a bitch. I hope you die. So 
what? But you know what? I, I comfort myself. Some this is really wrong. I've talked about this. You know how people say like they'll try and sort of console their kids and say, "Hey, you know what? You never know what can happen when something is bad." For me, with people like this, I console myself. I say, "I don't know if anyone else does this." Tweet me at S. Crowder. I say, "Maybe they'll get hit by a car. Maybe anything can happen." Uh, this was an answer to someone asked, "What is political correctness?" We're going to do a video on this next week too. Roll clip. So you know what? At this point, just keep the cameras running. These people don't want to hear any uh, differing opinions. That's what political correctness is. You want to know what political correctness is? Look around and listen. These people don't have arguments. They just yell out "racist" and they call they call the gay guy here who has a fetish for black dudes a racist homophobe. Milo does like the black dudes. We have to move on pretty quickly because we have Austin Peterson coming in. Here's one thing where even Milo and Christina Hoff Summers got uncomfortable. This is when they started coming a few lineups, few questions in a row in the lineup regarding Islam. And they were, Milo was actually, it was the first time I saw him deal with Islam, and I was really proud of him. He handled it well. Uh-huh. Uh, if he did that, though, then I, I pulled out a double-barreled hair-trigger crap machine gun and, and fanned the hammer. This was the answer that really triggered them. My problem is not, of course, there are plenty of great Muslims out there. Not every Muslim is a terrorist. It's important for people to note that. Muhammad was. And I have a problem with that. If you look and read about Muhammad's life, he killed, he called for the deaths of Christians and Jews. I have a problem with that. And you know what? That's okay. Just like atheists have a problem with Christianity. At this point, at this point, we'll conclude our question and answer section. Look at, uh, he looks like he's, oh, oh my God! The lady in the job is rushing me. Um, so this is this was a whole. It was just constant yelling, right? It was it was not, these people did not want to have a discussion. So let me bring you to the final point that we answered that resulted in, in the in the biggest I think support of the night. This is the takeaway. You just yelled out. You just yelled out that all of us were racist. And then you asked a question. And then you asked a question. And the question was. There you go. It sounded better when you were yelling it with a chorus of backdrops. Let me explain. Okay, can I answer your question? Can I answer your question? Do you want an answer? Would you like an answer? Here's what's... No, you don't know the answer, sweetheart. Let me answer it for you. Listen, you have... Right here on this panel, you have a gay British Trump supporter. Okay? You have a lifelong registered... You have a lifelong registered Democrat, open feminist, who's not a third-wave feminist and you have a French-Canadian Christian conservative. So you may ask, why is there only white people? Because the only diversity you don't care about is that of intellectual diversity. Right. And now for Tales from Canada's Mounted Police, Lena Dunham edition. Hey there, mister. Welcome to Canada, eh? Uh, please, your license and passport? Oh, I'm not a mister. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to offend you, Miss... Dunham. Hold on just about one moment, okay? Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim. Yeah, yeah. Darn it, it's her, eh? What? Darn it, it's Lena Dunham. She's here, you know. Oh, son of a f I know, I know. What do I do about it? Ask her a business in Canada. Okay, okay. Miss Dunham, uh, what is your business in Canada? Well, I might have to move here because Donald Trump might be elected and I might move to Canada. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's illegal, you know. We can't let you do that. What? I don't know. It's against some law there somewhere. What law? Okay, hold on a second. 
Kim, I don't know what to do about it. She would. She wants to know what law. I don't know. Make up one. She's not a Rhodes Scholar. Tell her maritime law. Okay, okay. Sorry about that, Miss Dunham. Uh, it's actually a violation of maritime law. Oh, that sounds pretty serious. Yeah, I know. My hands are tied, you know. Can I see documentation on that? Uh, hold on a sec. We'll be right back. Stay tuned for more tales from Canada's Mounted Police, Lena Denham Edition. Okay. Time to get serious. Time to class it up because we have somebody running for national office. One could say the office running for the nomination of the Libertarian Party. I just forgot the site. I'm sorry. Austin Peterson. Austin, what is that site again? So it's austinforpresident.com. Austinforpresident.com. Gosh, in my head I was going to Austin Peterson for president, and we don't know what kind of a site that could be on the internet, so we want to make sure they get it right. Austin, thank you for coming on the show. So, Libertarian Party... um, this is a big deal. We had Julia Borowski on, and she was talking about you. You know, I, I I hate to say this, not that you're an underdog, but it was kind of assumed Gary Johnson, and she was the one who really brought up your name and, and, and spoke highly of you. Um, what's it like in 2016 with this crazy election running uh, running for the nomination for the Libertarian Party? Well, it's not bad. I'm actually positioned really well because, unfortunately, it looks as if Trump is probably going to win the Republican nomination, and unfortunately, it looks like Hillary might win the Democratic nomination, which would mean that I would basically be the only pro-life, pro-liberty, pro-constitutional candidate on the ballot. So if I can win the nomination of my party, I think that we may see an exodus from the two major parties looking for someone who represents American values in a broader uh, in a broader way. Okay, so two questions, obviously. I, I, I gotta gotta go in with this one. Do you really think a libertarian candidate has a shot at winning? Uh, it depends. And winning is, there's a lot of different fights to be won, of course. Uh, winning the White House is the big one, and that's the longest shot. But one of the biggest fights that we can win is to get into the national debates. And if we can get a candidate who, at a minimum, can win 5% of the national vote, that puts us as a major party status. And that would shake up and revolutionize American politics because it gives us ballot access because we have to spend millions of dollars just to get on the ballot across the country. So I'm looking at lots of different fights that I can win. Uh, the big fight is obviously the one that I would love to win, but I would be just I would be just absolutely ecstatic if I could uh, double the national vote total. Historically, the LP has only gotten 1%, so I think that I can bring us a little bit down the road towards the kinds of ideas and policies that I advocate for. Okay, I want to go back to that. Now, you said pro-life, and, and Julie Borowski talked about that. Do you have issues with that with the Libertarian Party? Because I know they, they can be pretty split. You have people who are personally pro-life but say, well, I don't want to touch policy. And then, again, people who, listen, if, it's, if they see it as murder, it's murder. And that is the role of the federal government to stop murder. So, so what's that like running on the national platform for the well, Libertarian yeah. Party being pro-life? I am a federalist, so I think that murder is a state issue. It should be a state issue. It's not the federal issue. I think that uh, if I were running for governor, would I sign a bill that would outlaw abortions? Absolutely. But as president of the United States, I think that the best thing you can do is to make a moral case against abortion. And libertarians believe in personal responsibility. There's nothing that'll get you in trouble faster 
than to tell people that you should be personally responsible. Because when you say you're pro-choice, well, you do have a choice not to have sex. So the question is, is what, what point do we start talking about people having a choice? So I will be a moral leader against abortion, and I will make the case for why I think that we should move towards a society that is more pro-life. Uh, the problem is, is that when you start talking about something like the consistent pro-life ethic, then you have to start talking about the death penalty. And the conservatives who, who love me about being pro-life for the baby start getting angry because I'm pro-life all the way across the board. That means ending the death penalty as well. Right. Well, I want to go back to that. So you said a federalist. Um, I, I'm much more in line with that. We had Julie Borowski on. I talked about that. I said, listen, I think drugs are bad personally. Leave it to the states. Um, and I think some libertarians were mad that I said, yeah, if people don't like it in their state. They have the right to say no in my state. And a lot of libertarians get mad at that. So I think we're probably more in line there. You think the federal government should punt on murder? I know as far as states deciding on whether they believe in the death penalty or not, but wouldn't that fall under the role of the federal government for murder to be illegal across the board? I don't think so. I don't think the federal government is going to be able to punish that. I think that the federal government should have a very limited role. Uh, the limited well, I, role I agree too, but murder seems like it should fall under that purview. Murder, illegal, bad. Seems like most libertarians, even anarchists, yeah. would say, yeah, that's that's one of the things that we think government sh sh should uh, have across the board. Murder, right. illegal. Yeah, well, define murder, because some people say that, we, that all murder should be punished the same way, but there's a reason why we have murder in the first degree and murder in the second degree. There, uh, sure. So if you, look, if you look at abortion, for example, some people would say that the abortifacients, the, for example, RU486, the, um, the morning after pill, would be murder. Uh, so I would probably disagree with them on that. But uh, in terms of how you should prosecute it, I think that it's best prosecuted at the state level. Well, I'm, I'm talking about prosecuting. I'm talking about murder. Does the federal government have the right to say murder is illegal, period? Or do you think that if a state wants to say, no, we want murder illegal in Arkansas, who knows what they do in Arkansas, um, that uh, they have the right to do that? The question that re it really does lie in enforcement. I think the problem is, is that if you try and say, oh, murder is illegal across the board, well, then what kind of authoritarian government would you create in order to, enforce, to ensure that every single state is, uh, is complying? The only, re the only way that you could go in legally and say, okay, constitutionally, the federal government can come in is to use the clause that states that uh, the, go the government shall ensure a Republican form, of, uh, Republican form of governance in every state. So you've got you've to start broadening the, uh, the reach of the federal government government, you've got to start expanding the power of the federal government, and that kind of stuff makes me very nervous. So again, I think that it should be best Not to discuss prosecuting, though. Not to no, I'm not talking about prosecuting. Different states have different methods of prosecuting, like you said, kinds of murder, but murder across the board is, is entirely illegal. So I'm just saying that because I know people who might be, consider you might think, might be considering you could, could consider that alarming, where it's like, well, hold on a second, because a lot of libertarians say, well, no, of course we think the government should outlaw murder, stealing, any crime that hurts anybody else. That falls under the legitimate role of federal government, and then everything else else to the states. Um, I, I want to make it really clear here. Are you right. talking about prosecuting or does the federal government have the authority to say, no, no states can make murder legal? I don't really think that the federal government needs to be getting involved in telling the states what they need to prosecute or what is murder or what isn't murder. That's the problem is because when you say when you when you say something like, oh, this is murder. Well, then you have people who will say, oh, well, chemtrails are murder or vaccines are murder, and it's, it all relies on what you define as murder. So when you say, is the morning after, is the morning after pill murder? I would say it's probably not. But the question is, is what role does the federal government play? So yeah, you can say broadly, you can say all you want in all the beautiful language and words, yes, ban murder across the board. 
but it all relies on the definition of how that is enforced, and that is where the rubber hits the road. Right. I'm talking about, you know, 99% of what people would agree on murder. I'm not talking about getting to the pro-life issue, because it seems like it gets difficult to get into the pro-life issue if we don't say, yeah, a guy stabbed his wife and uh, her husband in their sleep, and that's murder, and one state says, ah, we don't know. Right. Seems, seems like well, then, I mean, do you want to give them the power to define what is manslaughter? Do you want to give them the power to define what is a DUI? Do you want to give them the power to say what is uh, the minimum drinking age that should be across every state? So the problem is it always relies on enforcement. It always comes down to what the federal government's role is going to be. And sure. to me, the federal government's role should be very limited. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't know if I would agree with you on that on, on the issue of murder. I'm not talking about getting into pro-life yet. But okay. So you talk about getting more votes into the Libertarian Party. Um how do you? I want to ask you this. How do you feel about the two-party system, and do you see the value in it compared to, say, like a parliamentary system, or you know, to avoid the quagmire that we have right now? Like you said, in the Republican Party, right? You might have Donald Trump win, who can't get above that thirty-seven percent ceiling of the vote. You know, the reason the two-party system exists and it's not perfect is to avoid that in a general. Is there some value there, or does it need to be scrapped altogether? I think that there's something to be said for a parliamentary system. Uh, in Britain, for example, they have question time for their prime minister. I would love to see President Obama have to stand up in front of a Republican Congress where they just scream at him and ask him questions, and they're able to get answers from him. And I think that that's, uh, I think there's some value there. So we can take the best of, of uh, the systems and combine them. So do I see some value in the two-party system? Only in that it does create a quagmire. I guess I'm pro-quagmire in the sense. Uh, and if you're for limited government, then you have to understand that the way that the Constitution was written it did end up with a two-party system, but also that um, the it, it stopped pe people's ambitions. It slows things down. It slows down legislation from being passed, so that the whims of the masses would not come in and just uh, and change the system overnight. So when people talk about uh, gridlock in Washington, I start saying, "Well, yeah, absolutely. We want that gridlock yes. because we don't. Yeah, we don't want them passing all of these uh, all of their evil plans." No, I, I agree with you, and that's one of those things we've talked about where it's really nice to throw out the word and say, "We need to stop being politically." Divided. We need to unite. What if I don't want to unite with you? What if I have? What if I don't want to unite with you with mandating a, a you know health insurance? What if I don't want to unite with you um, with uh, protecting partial birth abortion? What, what if I? I I'm no, why? Why should we hold hands and sing "We Are the World" when I have nothing in common with you as far as values? And I don't know why it's just been thrown out as a talking point. No one believes it. Barack Obama has been the most divisive president ever, but everyone just says, "Oh, we should be united." So I, I think we're we're kindred spirits there, where you don't want to unite with jackasses. No, I don't. And the, the question is, is what form of government do we have here in the United States? Most people think, oh, well, the United States is a democracy. That's actually not the case. We're a constitutional republic with some limited uh, democratic aspects. And I say limited democratic aspects because the Electoral College is not a democracy. And the question here is, is how do we protect individual rights? The, the answer is, is that we are supposed to protect some, some things you don't have a right to vote on. Whenever somebody says, sure. oh, I have a, you have a right to vote, you have a right to vote. Well, do you have a right to vote? to take away my Second Amendment rights? No. You don't have a right to vote to take away my free speech. So there are certain intrinsic natural rights that citizens have in this constitutional republic that no one has the right to vote on. So when we talk about unifying or we talk about all coming together for bi bipartisanship, well, I, I have to throw the monkey wrench in there. And that's what I'm trying to do as a libertarian is to try and throw some monkey wrenches in the gears to try and stop this ship of, of statism. Uh, because truly, I think we are a minority. Uh, honestly, I think that the masses now are, are, are trending heavily socially Democrat. Sure. Uh, and and 
uh, that's why I praise the founders for this constitutional republic, because this means that you, people like yourself and myself won't, shouldn't be railroaded by things like Obamacare, where not a single Republican voted for it. Well, that's also uh, important to note. So you would, you would, because I hear this a lot where people go, oh, you know, if Republicans fought as, be, fought as uh, vehemently against uh, Obama as they do against Trump, we wouldn't have him. Or Republicans didn't do a damn thing about Obamacare. And well, hold on a second. I was there. They did fight against Obama, and he had the ability to do whatever he wanted for a while. No Republicans voted for Obamacare. So even though you're a libertarian, and I would agree with you, listen, I think the Republican Party is, is, is broken and there are pansies there who need to be ejected. We can both acknowledge there still is a contrast on some of those issues, right? It's not entirely uh, basically needing to be flushed down the drain. Uh, it depends. Uh, of course, the Republicans always talk a good game about limited government, but when's the last time that we saw a Republican actually follow through? There are some well, voting against lights. Obamacare, like you said. I mean, I would th yeah. say that's at least a contrast there, where if people just want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, go, well, hold on a second. Not a single one supporting yeah. what's become a disaster. But, I, I but give them credit. The, but who was the Supreme Court judge that codified it forever? So it was the Republican. Well, pick. I, I know, I get it, but I'm saying there is some credit to be given there, right? Shh. Absolutely. I, mean, okay. I love I love Mike Lee. I love Rand Paul. I love Justin Amash and Thomas Massey. There's a lot of great Republicans, and I hope that they will uh, quit their party and join the uh, Libertarian Party. Do you really uh, want them to quit, though? Because like you said, you want to you want to get that that awareness raised right now as a percentage of the electorate. But do you really want all the Republicans to quit right now before that transition, which may or may not take place, has taken place? Because, I mean, they, they are giving you some cover as well. If they just yeah. go away, you don't have a shot at well, raising the Libertarian Party. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want them to go away. I right. want them to stick to politics. Obviously, I'd love them to join my party. I'd love for one of them to be on my ticket with me. That'd be fantastic. But yeah. if you know, if uh, if there was perhaps an electromagnetic pulse and somehow Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump died and uh, I've won by default, then you'd have uh, Austin Peterson as president. You'd want people like Rand Paul and Mike Lee and, and Ted Cruz to write the, the proper legislation to send it to me to sign. So yeah, you, I don't want them to quit. I just want them to work a little closer with libertarians on our agendas. So you just mentioned Ted Cruz. I know not perfect in the eyes of libertarians, but uh, would you say he's, he's one of the better Republicans, one of the good guys in the Republican Party? I would. Yeah, sure. Okay. So if it uh, if you weren't running for the Libertarian Party and you were someone who's like, well, I have to vote Republican, and right now it's down to Trump or Cruz. I'm, I'm tr I, I know you have to go a long way here. This is a stretch. You would go Cruz over Trump. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Cruz is a, a sincere, true conservative. Uh, where Cruz and I differ, it's it's much you know different than where I differ with uh, with Donald Trump. Uh, but I'm just I'm an old boy. I understand how politics works and I know what Donald Trump has built for himself and I understand how the machine works. So I see that we are going to probably get Donald Trump. That's why I'm here. I'm the backup plan for you guys. So that you can <laughs> cast your vote for somebody you actually what? And we want to talk more about that after the break. Austin Peterson, Peterson for president. Com. Uh, this is interesting. Stay tuned. Ladder with Crowder. And now it's time for your dating advice minute with Bill Cosby. Now, now, this week's letter comes to us from Alan Michigan from Gainsher. Gainsher says he has a problem with his boyfriend no longer lusting after him as he felt they did when they first met. Down at 2K Sam's Funhouse on the two-for-one margarita night. Jeff, that happens to the best of us. I will give you some advice. 
I don't know a whole lot about the two jars and the gay jars and where's the pitcher and the catcher and who's doing the pudding pop and who's doing the, I don't know about that, but I do know how to help relationship advice. Get yourself some drugs. And then you're going to want to get yourself some coffee, maybe like the mocha, the vanilla, get yourself some of the flavoring to cover it up. But it's very important. you got to remember that he cannot be looking when you put the drugs in his coffee or he's going to have a problem. What you do is maybe you say, hey, I'm going to make you some special coffee. It might be a good idea for you to maybe first go to the posse, make the pee-pee, and then you drug them, and then you go around the burn your ball. And you boop, 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 and you boop. This has been your Dating Advice Minute with Bill Cosby. Glad to be back. I need to be scolded and punished. Austin for president. Your punishment must be much more severe. Much more severe, yes. Uh, Austin for president.com. Running for libertarian, the libertarian party. Austin Peterson, thank you for staying with us, sir. Thanks for having me. Okay, so obviously we had to go through that because a lot of people may not be familiar with you. I say this as no offense. I say it because, uh, well, a lot of people don't even know who who Ted Cruz is at this point, right? There's just name recognition. It's kind of Hillary Clinton and, and Donald Trump is a reality show host, so they all know Donald Trump. Um, so a lot of people may not be familiar with you. Hopefully now they're a little more familiarized with your stance as a Libertarian Party. So let's get a little further down the trail. You've perked up some ears. They're considering going third party right now. As just displayed, a quarter of Republicans won't vote, which, by the way, out there, don't do that. That hurts the down-ballot candidates, okay? Even if you don't like Donald Trump or you don't like Ted Cruz, don't do this. isn't directed at Austin, but please don't do that, Austin. So we're at the point they might vote Libertarian. Why should you get the nomination for the Libertarian Party as opposed to, say, Gary Johnson? What's the contrast? Give me your pitch, sir. Right. So the question is, who's, a, who's best able to articulate this message to the masses? Uh, I've been around for 10 years now fighting every single day for limited government. Uh, I was a producer at Fox Business for Judge Napolitano. He said I was the right side of his brain. So I, I understand and I know the Constitution. I think I represent American values and I can actually bring a coalition of disaffected, uh, disaffected conservatives and disaffected Democrats together. And that's what you're going to need. You're going to need somebody who can draw from those Bernie supporters who won't go for Hillary Clinton because they want somebody who wants to end the banking cartels, the Federal Reserve, somebody who wants to end the war on drugs, somebody who wants to end the corporatism in the system, uh, allow people to buy insurance across state lines. That's ending the insurance cartels right there. That's the kind of stuff that perks up Democrats' ears. And then you want somebody who is going to be pro-life. I wouldn't put the insurance one in there. I've never heard a Democrat express that. I wish well, they Demo would. Demo Democrats do, do say that they think that the insurance industry is corrupt. So when you start talking about allowing people to purchase it across state lines and competition, bringing down those big insurance, companies that we've bailed out, then Democrats do start to say, oh yeah, this is the corporatism, the system. They don't like the bailout. Well, I, I agree with that entirely. I'm just saying I've not heard anyone use that in the Democratic national platform. 
But if they do, and I'm mistaken, I, I, I wish that they did. Sorry, continue. Right, yeah, this is like third-party candidates that I speak okay. to. Um, so uh, uh, moving on to the Republicans, they're going to want somebody who represents real, true conservative values, somebody who wants limited government, somebody who wants to be a fiscal conservative, somebody who wants to cut taxes, cut spending, who still wants a national defense but doesn't think that the United States should be the policeman of the world. So the question is, is which candidate embodies all of those values? Well, it's me. With Gary Johnson, although he's he has a good record as governor of New Mexico, I think that he is, uh, he's not able to articulate these principles in a way that gets people excited. And you have to have boots on the ground to win an election. That's, right. how Obama, that's how Obama won. He was able to inspire people to actually get out on the street and pull a lever. Gary Johnson doesn't tend to be the type to inspire people to activism, whereas I do. Uh, I'm experienced in building national coalitions. I've got a long history in the Tea Party movement, okay. fighting Obamacare. And, uh, and I think that if the American people actually figure out, hey, this kid exists, then I think I could, uh, I could build a broad national movement. Uh, you know what? I think you may be right. So you're saying not a huge, not a huge gap between you and Gary Johnson as far as policy. Certainly not like between. I thought that. I thought that, but I was wrong. Uh, I thought that was the case. We had a big argument in the uh, Stossel forums, and I, I would encourage. Did he get you bitchy? Because when Gary Johnson gets mad, he kind of gets bitchy. He got very bitchy, and uh, it was over the issue, <laughs> two, two issues that I think are really important, uh, which he's trying to kind of play off. This is the. He said that he wanted to force that he would force Jews to bake a Nazi cake. Uh, and this is about the gay marriage issue. Right, right. right. Well, hold on. <laughs> there's a sound bite, but I understand the context. Yes. Yeah. And the question is, is should you force, um, you know, cake makers to bake cakes for, for homosexual couples? This is a question of private property. This is the heart of free market philosophy. Do you, the right to free association, that's free speech, as well as the freedom of religion. And he said that freedom of religion would lead to a black hole. Um, I think that's wrong. Yeah, also, I, I yeah. Also, the Second Amendment. Uh, he started talking about we need to have a conversation about mental health screening for background checks. Uh, and the problem is, is one of the, the things that you didn't see in that Stossel Forum was during the break, a veteran stood up and said, hey, just so you know, Governor. Oh, did we lose Austin? Government wants to oh, there we go. Sorry, Austin, your, your computer and your whole thing froze. Not gay, Jared. Do we have an image yeah. of him? Yeah, oh, there did. he is. I'm sorry. OK, continue. Yeah. You said someone said, hey, Governor. Continue. Somebody, yeah. Somebody said, hey, governor, I'm a returning veteran with PTSD, and the government wants to restrict my Second Amendment rights. In New York, if you go and see a psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist says this person should not have guns, there's no due process. They'll well, do you, know, do you know the situation with therapy dogs? No. And this, this is funny because I have, I know someone, this dog is not a therapy dog. It just pees and craps everywhere, and her aunt is a psychologist, so she could write the paper, the slip for her. And so I have another friend who was like, oh, yeah, I, I was just talking about this. I, I have a 90-pound dog who would, they actually tried to make a therapy dog. We said no. Um, but he wanted to make his dog a therapy dog just to take with him anywhere. And then he found out that if he made his dog a therapy dog, he couldn't have a CPL. I have no idea if that's true. He just told me the story this last week, and it seems to check out from a basic Google search. Um, but it goes to the point of mental health can be subjective, right? You see a psychologist for anger issues or you have ADD, yeah, you get a prescription for Adderall. Next thing you know, they're putting you in a padded room and taking your pretty guns away. Right. And the question is, is due process. Do we have due process? And we don't have due process if, uh, if you can just be diagnosed with PTSD and have your guns taken away, or if you can have a psychiatrist write a note and have your guns taken away. Usually you have to go through a court. You have to be convicted of a crime. Then you could potentially lose your rights. So I disagree with the governor on the gun issue. I disagree with the governor on the, uh, the gay marriage issue and the question of whether or not people should be forced to associate. Uh, and those are big issues. So I'm going to make a stink about that because I think that we need somebody who's going to represent our values completely and fully and unabashedly and not give in to the social justice warriors just because we're afraid of being politically incorrect. Yes, I agree. And that is one thing I think we can both agree. Well, 
started off that way with Donald Trump, where we, you know, people were glad, going, okay, here's a guy who's who, who's not afraid to just stand up to these people. And then with the whole trans thing, he kind of he kind of bent over and took it with North Carolina and just uh, towed the line. So I think people have wake people might be waking. Oh darn it, we only have one minute. All right. Um, well, we'll have to bring you back, Mr. Peterson, to talk about the social justice warriors and freedom of speech, because I think we're on board with that. So I wanted to make sure to introduce my audience to some things they didn't know about you. And uh, by God, you uh, there should be due process with charging you for being so snappily dressed. Look at that. Spread collar, <laughs> pink tie. So, all right, before we go, what's the plug? Give us the site the correct way. All right, austinforpresident.com. You can find me on Facebook. Peterson is spelled all E's, P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N. So if you type Austin Peterson in anywhere, you'll find my, my Facebook pages. You'll find 100 articles saying I'm, I'm horrible, I suck, I stink. This is true. And before we go, listen, people listening, if you hate Trump or hate Cruz, do not refrain from voting because of the down-ballot candidate. So you can go in and have a protest vote at least with Austin Peterson and still vote for your local representatives. Lighter with Crowder, Austin Peterson, thank you, sir. We must go. Thanks a lot. We now return you to this live debate between Dr. Ben Carson and fat feminist chick. Oh, the message of my campaign has always been that of unity and that everybody in the United States has a choice. <laughs> I think if people spend a little more time listening to each other, <laughs> this is the problem with American politics is that people just want to shout over each other. Unfortunately, I'm only a neurosurgeon. Well, sucks to be you. I have a plane to catch. We'll update you as these debates unfold. Okay, business time. Really simple. Some of you don't know where to find me. Louderwithcrowder.com. Half a dozen to ten articles every single day. Twitter. Follow me at S. Crowder. Louder with Crowder podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any other podcasting device, youtube.com slash Stephen Crowder, or you can type in Stephen Crowder on Facebook and be one of the million-plus fans or join the mailing list. There are so many ways for you to stay connected. You have no excuse. You have no excuse, just like you have no excuse for those roles that are just cascading over your belt buckle. You should be ashamed. Unless you're a lady, then you deserve a Get her a medal. was like a ping pong ball back in the second hour we have dean kane coming up at the bottom of the hour i am your host follow me at s crowder i am social justice warriors natural predator producing with me in studio as always is not gay jared follow him at not gay jared i fulfill my legal obligations draw your own conclusions 
That was a good interview. A lot of people actually giving us some feedback on Austin yeah. Peterson. Yeah. A lot of people didn't know who he was. I wish we uh, we had a great. Um, he's he's a good guy to talk with. Like besides those just things, we need to have him back. Yeah, he actually is really strong on social justice leftists, and he had some some commentary when we were talking during the break about uh, the UMass event. We just didn't want to make pot. it all about me and pot and pot. The libertarians love pot, but I did say that I would read some of your questions regarding the uh, UMass event. So. Here's a question from Bill Sears. Do you think that Teletubby will change her ways since she, it, was trending on Twitter? That's not very nice. I wonder what they think when they see it. Was Trigglypuff trending? On, I didn't on Twitter? See, I didn't see it trending. Someone said it was. I never. I didn't see it myself, but they, they, uh, they said it was. We're going to hear some bad okay. stories about that young lady. Someone at CJ Beath asked me, do you think the hecklers added to the conversation as you had something to respond to or merely were an annoyance? You know, this is actually a good question. Because you know, I mean, you've seen me do, what was the last time when I was in Battle Creek? It was like an hour of stand-up and then another hour of Q&A. Something like that, right? Yeah, 45, 45, hour, hour, something yeah, like that. Yeah, something like that. And you've seen me do stand-up, and that's mm-hmm. obviously my first choice. And the problem is... <laughs> but going nuclear has to be a close second for you. Right, and the problem is <laughs> this can happen. And it happened when I was doing stand-up and I started when I used to do these teen shows at the Comedy Nest, where sometimes people would heckle because they wanted to see how mad I would get and go off. The problem is that can become your shtick, and you don't want to do that. And sometimes feel like, oh, part of the show, and so they keep speaking. No. The rule is, if you go to a show, shut up. Don't talk. Just shut up and watch the show, because it's disrespectful to the rest of the audience. You tell me that when I come into work on Mondays. It's absolutely it's, it's yeah. the rule here, too. Shut up. Just When you come in late. When in doubt. When you come in late up. wearing the wrong shirt? It happens. Okay. These happens. essential oils that my wife made for me in this tea, it tastes like human urine. I'm glad you have a reference point for that, Stephen. Like after someone it, it consumed asparagus. It's the most disgusting thing. It's supposed to be good for my throat. You hear her yelling in the next room? She doesn't like it. She's not selling them. <laughs> but they do work. I tell you what, they do work. The essential oils. I have no affiliation at all. But you ever, like the stress stuff... It seems gay, but you know what? Whatever. Uh, so here's the deal with the, with the heckler. So, but but every now and then, this goes back to the book that I was writing. I think I told I've told the audience about this. Eventually, I'll just release the book for free. I, I don't really need the money, and we're, we're pretty grateful. So maybe I'll just release the ebook for free for those who sign up for the Mug Club as as we start launching this and in premium content. It, it was it was about recognizing the two different kinds of liberals. Now, there's a term, because I pitched this book when I was at Fox News many years ago, and the conservative publisher said, we have no interest in this, we don't like doing anything that's funny, right now is, is the doomsday Obama books, and it needs to be scarier. And I said, okay. And, it, I mean, I want to say I've written at least three or four chapters. And the two main ones, it centered on the idea of recognizing what they now call aggressive leftists. I call them American idiots um, or the modern leftists. This is what I called them four or five years ago, modern leftists versus default liberals. And there are a lot of people in that audience who came up afterward, people wearing Bernie Sanders shirts, saying, hey, you really gave me a lot to think about. Uh, thanks. I, I, you know, I was really I, I'm glad someone finally said something to these people. I'm not like them. I'm, I'm a Democrat. But I, we even had a Democrat ask a question in the audience who was very, very mm-hmm. kind. And they said, we're not with them. So that's the majority. Twenty nine thousand students at U Amherst, maybe 50 showed up to be jackasses. You need to recognize that there are a majority of people out there who can be reached, who can be convinced. That's why I'll talk with Dave Rubin, Joe Rogan. He's not a liberal, but we certainly disagree on some things. You can convince those people. 
And then you need to understand that there are some people like Triglypuff or, or Tom Blink-182 bro tank guy who have a vested interest in keeping the lie alive because they've made it their entire cause. And so those people can't be convinced. And you it's about wasting energy. Don't waste your energy. If I got down with Triglypuff and tried to say, hey, listen, <laughs> maybe your dad never hugged you enough. Can we please talk about this? It would just be, if you patriarchy. And then she'd drink a stick of melted butter. That's what they do. The thing is, that's be, that'd be a waste of time. So what do you have to do? In this case, the only appropriate response was to make an example of the people who couldn't be convinced in order to reach the people who were willing to listen. And that is exactly what you saw. Does it seem mean? Maybe. But the reason it's gone viral, okay, there aren't that many conservatives out there who do what we do, who see, as, see things as we see them. There are a lot of liberals who are tired of these people, too. So I don't want to say show up and heckle because you'll get another rant, but I do think it served a purpose here. And this was one of those situations where I said I can't do the jokes. I can't do stand-up. Again, I'm not a lecturer. I'm not somebody showing up. Um, you know, for free, like a lot of politicians or just trying to hawk books, I have made my living since 18 years old, since the day I turned 18, performing. That's it, in some capacity. And it was thousands of stand-up shows. I mean, I performed in the back of a laundromat once, an open mic, um, and at a Chuck E. Cheese where they rented a room for a... Uh, a grad party when I was in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It, just horrible, horrible shows. So hopefully that... Back, wait, 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 wait. Back with the cool Chuck E. Cheese with the robots? No, like now the it's crap. a screen. Now it sucks. Oh, it's terrible. Sucks. I can't go there anymore at all. Someone asked, how Nothing was... to do on Thursdays. How was the moderator able to keep his cool, and why didn't he realize asking the crowd to shut up wasn't working? I do respect him keeping his cool, but when we got the standing... I got the standing O for the intellectual diversity line. He's like, everyone, sit down, sit down. I looked at him and I said, no. I said, don't. I turned to him at one point and I said, I turned to him while Christina Hoff Summers. This is true. This guy can tell you. His name was uh, Kyle. Great guy. We had dinner beforehand. Really nice guy. But he was uncomfortable and I don't blame him. There were a lot of security threats. He didn't plan on dealing with this. I turned to him at one point while the protesters were going on and Christina Hoff Summers could not answer a question. I looked at him and Milo and Christina can confirm this. I looked at him and I said, Kyle, Kyle. He goes, yeah. I said, do not even think about removing these protesters until I finish. Take them out. I said, let me do my thing. Then when we go to the panel, take them to the woodshed. Do not even think of removing them until I go up. And he looked at me and he nodded. But I don't think he knew it was coming. <laughs> so that was actually happened. And then afterward, I wish they would have been removed. But, you know, this guy doesn't have the power to. I tell you what, the security guards, not necessarily conservative. One of them told me, he's like, I'm a, I'm a Democrat. He's like, but I can't believe this shit. He's like, I can't believe this. this is just disgusting. A lot of these people. The beauty of this is it's really brought, you know, Andrew Breitbart said sunlight is the best disinfectant. It really has shine a light. Shine, shown? Shown. Shown? Shown. Shown is to show. Shown it. All right. I shown it did it. I shown it did shine it. I shine it. I, did he just have a stroke? No. Shown. <laughs> So that is what happened there. I'm sorry. I usually don't like to talk about myself so much, but people are just lighting up the questions. Um, we have a couple more here to get to. And then obviously when you, when you send us some content, some of the memes, a new segment is going to be Crowder Head Content of the Week. Every week we're going to showcase your memes, videos, images. And uh, let me see. Hold on. We have another question. Oh, people had some questions about 
about Austin Peterson, and uh, they wanted me to call. Listen, t- full disclosure, I don't check Twitter when I'm there with a guest. That's either not Gay Jared, you notice he's not talking, or Courtney helping me with the tweets. When it is me, it is me during the commercial break. So with Austin Peterson, I, I can't read your questions while I'm on there talking with him. Um, people saying, call him on the inconsistency of abortion and death penalty. Listen, I agree. I, I'm not necessarily super pro-death penalty. I think whatever is, you know, whatever is the cheapest way to dispose of the trash, and unfortunately with our current court system of appeals, it's more expensive to put them to death than keep them alive. So it's not an issue I talk about a whole lot. If a state wants to do a death penalty, fine. If they don't, it's not one where I get super upset, but I certainly don't think it's inconsistent for somebody to, to support the death penalty and not abortion. Again, this comes down to, do you believe it's a life, and then do you believe in the idea of, of innocent until proven guilty? I think that's a pretty easy one. Is that not reasonable? Not I think it's reasonable. That's kind of how I feel about it. Where do you line up on the death penalty? Is that something? Are you strong or just kind of? I always eh. kind of grew up pro death penalty. Thought it was necessary. Thought it was a good thing to, as you say, dispose of the trash. Right. Um, it does come with some complications a little bit. One thing, Bill Cryer says both shined and shown are acceptable. Shine and shown. Go ahead, continue. Learn something new every day. Um, just like screed. I read the word screed earlier. I never heard the word screed before. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Screed? You never heard the word screed? Never heard the screed. You're an unintelligent person. I am. Here's something. Someone said, we, I, I want to know about your blood pressure after those rants. I talked about this after I had knee <laughs> surgery. Um, I actually have low blood pressure when I'm not stressed. And I actually have, they thought I was dead after knee surgery because my resting pulse rate for a big guy, it's under 50, it was 46. And every time I would go below 50 when I was in the hospital, like they thought I was going to die. I'm going, no, no, no. I'm just, I just, I'm actually in, I'm actually in pretty good shape. I'm despite, pretty despite chill. the Dan Aykroyd chin. Look at this. Look at this. Let's make a gift of that. I'm like one of those puffer fishes. <laughs> that is going to be used against me. Like the union punch. Oh, by the way, someone asking, were you as afraid of this event as the union event? Same vibe going in. Hillary, my wife can tell you. We sat and we prayed over it. There were a lot of threats. Uh, obviously, there was more. There was more security in this. Um, listen, not to to, not to toot my own horn. Some people will say tout. They'll correct me. But I've gone into the lion's den for, for many, many years. This isn't a new thing for me. It's not a trend. I hope I've paid my dues, and you've come to trust the program. And we issue corrections. It's right up there with marching up the Capitol steps. I imagine in a bill costume. In a bill costume, We're right there. It is right. Gosh, we have so many questions. I'm wondering if we should keep answering questions. Let me know on Twitter at S Crowder. Do you want me to talk more news of the week? Fiorina Cruz, or do you want me to answer your very intimate questions regarding the UMass hysteria? Um, you're the viewer. A lot of you watching right now online and listening. You decide. Tweet me at S. Crowder. That will determine the next segment before Superman himself, Dean Kane. By the way, I did stuff with him. A lot of with Crowder. Stay tuned. Hey, if you're listening to or watching this podcast, there's a strong chance that you are not yet following me on Twitter, at S. Crowder, where I'm tweeting all day long. I'm ticking off the social justice warriors. You should see the amount of hate I get on there. Far, far, far worse than any Fat Sports Illustrated model or Black Lives Matter charlatan. So listen, it's free. You get to be entertained and you can chime in. Also, if you're following me on Twitter, you can send me your tweets and maybe you'll be lucky enough. And I mean lucky enough because I have a lot of followers, okay, that they call me the follower machine 
to have your tweet to me or not gay Jared included in our rockinest tweet of the week. So follow me on Twitter at S Crowder. If not, I, I don't want to say I have sights on your mother, but oh, she's dead. You're just saying that because I made a mom joke. No, she's really dead. Well, you kind of walked into it. All right, glad to be back. They heard that. <laughs> they heard that. Okay, so people were saying, let me split the difference. On Twitter, it's going nuts right now. People want to hear more about UMass. Um, news of the week, real quick. We're going to talk about Amy Schumer afterwards. She released a sketch. I think a lot of people missed it on Comedy Central. Huge irony that she missed in trying to bash Republicans. People asked me, "Do I th- have I gotten to the point, because I've defended her in the realm of comedy, saying I think she can be funny. And now she's gone full social justice leftist. People said, is she at the point where you're willing to say that she's not funny? I would say so. I don't think she's funny anymore. Dude, Amy Schumer? Yeah. You know what I watched? I watched I, and a tweet about it. I watched Trainwreck the other day. So did I. The other day? Just a couple days ago? I, I watched it, yeah. Just on HBO. Yeah. It was It was actually a pretty funny movie if you remove Amy Schumer 100%. Yeah, I know. It would have been great. It was Bill Hader and, and LeBron. They were funny. And so was uh, John Cena. It was pretty funny. John Cena was pretty funny, actually. Pretty funny. That, I actually thought that was pretty funny. But again, the whole thing is I'm a dirty slut, truck stop. Ah. Yeah. By the way, I will say this, and I think we might have him on the show next week. And there, I don't want to prematurely say, but there might be something in the works with us working together. Comedian Nick DiPaolo retweeted the UMass event and sent me a very nice message. And I will say this. that was one, There are a few crowning achievements in my life. People were tweeting me. They're talking about you on Fox News. First was scoring me. Yes. Full time. Yes, scoring you, not scoring with you. Let's correct Two this. bucks an hour. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so people people are saying, oh, they're talking about you on Fox News and CNN, this UMass thing. And I was going, oh, great. They're only 48 hours late. I don't care. I genuinely couldn't care less. I have no interest in that. But when Dennis Miller or Mark Stein or Nick DiPaolo, people who I've looked up to, Nick DiPaolo is possibly the greatest comedian ever. Ever. I would put him right up there. Him and Bill Burr, I would put right up there as some of the best ever living or dead nick DiPaolo is the quintessential perfect club comic now does that mean he's he would be like a daily show host i don't know i don't know if he could do much acting probably not because he's just you see him and it's just oh my god this is nick DiPaolo, and you want him to be nick DiPaolo, and he's the best ever at, at just going after hecklers so that was really nice and we might have him on the show sometime soon so i don't know what my point was there i was talking about something Sort of stuff, big, uh, big plans maybe coming up. Uh, yeah, we know. can't talk about them. There might be some big plans for uh, Louder with Crowder coming up here that may you may get a lot more than you bargained for, and then you might not like us anymore. So let's talk about News of the Week real quick, and then we'll get to your questions, because, oh my gosh, the phone lines, the Twitter lines are lighting up. Uh, Ted Cruz picked Carly Fiorina as VP. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows I love Carly Fiorina. I've been open about it. I think she's great. I think you got a little bit of crush. She was my number one on. pick. She was my number one draft pick. So am I happy about that? Yes. Do I think it helps Ted Cruz? Probably not. Because they've tarred and feathered her as establishment, rhino, blah, 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 blah. So that's what Donald Trump will do with But then you, got, then, you, then you got John Boehner coming out. Was it today or yesterday? Said John, uh, so, Ted Cruz was Lucifer. Like, like Lucifer. Satan. He said that a while ago, though, but he said that again. So John well, Boehner. You know, when you run out of material, he's got to kind of recircle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> recycle it. John Boehner saying Ted Cruz is Lucifer. Listen, if you want to talk about anti-establishment, when John Boehner says that you, a Republican, are Lucifer... <laughs> 
You're doing something right. I can't think of a more ringing endorsement than that. So I love Carly Fiorina. Here's one thing I will say, Carly Fiorina and Senator Ted Cruz, they've been on the program. A lot of people get gun shy, right? Because same thing like social justice warriors, you get the same thing with old Republicans who when they see guests on our show and the very next segment is spot the tranny, they message them and they get gun shy to come back. Listen, right now, we're very blessed, but if you are a Republican candidate, a conservative candidate, and you want to hit that demographic of people who are under the age of 40, right? Our average viewer listener is a 28-year-old, typically male. You, come, you need to come through here. And I will say this, for the alt-right, they're, they're right about this. Even though the numbers don't bear out and Donald Trump is immensely unpopular with millennials, to Carly Fiorina and Senator Ted Cruz, a lot of these people feel abandoned by you. You came in when you needed it. Where are you now? Because there are a lot of questions that you need answered, that we need answered. And unless, I'm not saying whether it's my show or not, but if you don't come back through this realm, what you consider alternative media, you will lose and you deserve to lose. Maybe not me. Maybe go on Joe Rogan. Maybe go on Adam Carolla. Maybe go on, it doesn't have to be me. I, I think our show is that we provided a really valuable launching pad. I mean, people who saw the Ted Cruz interview and Carly Fiorino, when you add it up across iTunes and YouTube, were half a million people. That's not a ton, it's more than CNN. But they stayed for an average of 32 minutes, a 28-year-old male. That can affect a big outcome. So, I really like Carly Fiorina. Obviously, I like Ted Cruz. Do I think it'll help him? I don't know. And man, I just wish they managed their campaign more properly. Whereas uh, Donald Trump, he does a great job of courting people online. He has smart people working for him. Ted Cruz and Carly Fiorina often abandon them. And I'm telling, I'm sorry, there are only so many corn-husking Christian conservatives in that baby boomer generation who can carry you to an election, and I don't think there are enough. So that's my take on that. When it comes back to UMass questions, because then we have to get to Dean Kane, right? Mm -hmm. Dean Kane. Uh, have you heard the ban social justice from universities petition? What's your stance on it? Uh, yeah, no, I've heard it. It was from Sargon of Akkad, and, and I support it. Uh, I think that's a good, uh, a good question, a fair question. Please answer the Twitter questions. Did you just say your wife's name was Hillary? Yes, but she's good Hillary. And with one with one with L. With one L. Yes. Big difference. Yes, absolutely. Big. It is a huge difference. Gosh, I, all my good questions got just buried now under the Twitter feed. Um, oh, I was, someone said, oh, here you go, Michael J. Hout. Thank you so much, Michael. He says, I would like to hear you discuss the UMass event more. I was a Democratic student who asked the second question. That, I'm going to tweet right You're going to hear this. Answering now. All caps, Michael. Thank you. This guy actually was there. He asked a question. He's a Democrat. And he I don't remember what his question was. I think it was about political correctness, the one I answered. But he said, I, I don't. This doesn't represent me. And afterward, he had me come up, sign his book, and we spoke. And if you watch the panel, everyone was nice. I mean, I said, hey, I give a round of applause for Michael. And it wasn't to try and pander. Obviously, I'd just gotten done, you know, create, just scorching earth with the other people there. But I just realized this aromatherapy is going on. I don't know if it's coming on the camera. No. But this guy was simply reasonable. I mean, I'm willing to go on Dave Rubin's show. Uh, I've been willing to, you know, I have no problem speaking with someone with a differing opinion. So Michael J. Hout, thank you for showing up on my Twitter timeline. And, yeah, there's also a petition now. We're going to release a piece on, online where people were actually retroactively saying I should have never been there. And I have the letter in front oh, of I me. Oh, saw, I saw that. That was great. And it said, was, even though it. the guy yelled out, he was exercising free speech, it doesn't give Stephen the right to call him an androgynous amoeba. Like, what kind of an adult, right? It's just, there's something about an adult complaining about an insult in writing that just, like, 
you just feel like they need to be keel hauled. Uh, but the, the 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 punchline for me was the fact signed so and so communications. Communications. Oh my God, Michael. They thank more, you. They need more homework. We to do. need to get you on the show, Michael. Thank you, Democrat from UMass. We need more people like you. If you want to come on the show, let's get in touch. Louder with Crowder, Superman, Dean Kane. After this. Lyle, didn't see you there. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just relaxing and enjoying my 1978 Bordeaux, a fine beverage, after a fine game of racquetball at the Wimbledon. There's no more quality establishment than the Wimbledon, you know. That sounds fun. I don't really know a whole lot about wine. That's why I go to SimplifiedWine.com. Or I just call their number. What's that number, Jared? 844-297-WINE. Oh, where'd he come from? His voice aggravates me. I have him chained to a caravan. For simpletons like me who don't know a whole lot about wine, just what I like, it makes it easy. I either get to call, go to the website, talk with a sommelier, list what I like, what I don't like, my budget, and can have it shipped directly to my door, or gift-wrapped and sent to a friend. It doesn't get any simpler than that. Simplified wine, you say? I prefer more of a barrier to entry. <laughs> I know you do, Lyle, but you're an elitist bastard. That's why for simpletons like me, I prefer simplifiedwine.com or just calling 844-297-WINE. I'm We're having this next guest on, but I won't bring him on until we bring his theme song because he's become a regular here at Louder with Crowder. He has. He and has. you hear the song, you know who it is. If not, Gay Jared can get to the vo- get to the soundboard quick enough. Do we have it? Uh-oh. That's them playing over each other, but oh, you get the idea. You, we get the idea. We get the idea. It's a beautiful song for a beautiful man, Dean Kane. Thank you for being with us, sir. Oh, gosh. Now, Not Gay Jared ruined your intro. Sorry. Thank you for being with us, sir. Oh, Jared. Not Gay Jared. Get on the ball. Have to fire, fire me again. Fire All me again. Time. Yeah, I think you might have to get fired. I don't want to have to sing again, but it might happen. This is true. Well, actually, you know what? People really liked your performance in the, in the firing of Not Gay Jared. They were pretty happy with it. So, uh, for people who want to follow him, Real Dean Kane on Twitter. In the Gosnell yeah. movie. Now, when's the Gosnell movie coming out? You know what? I'm just an actor. I don't know the answer to that question, but I know it's coming out soon because I've done the ADR for it. So uh, it's the you know the next step of getting there. So um, I'm imagining within the next few months. Okay. It's a heck of a movie. I think it's pretty good. Well, we've had Anne and Philim on, and and uh, gosh, that's the kind of thing where I, you know thank God for the internet and being able to bypass studio executives these days with with crowdfunding because there's no way that would have been made ten years ago. No. Uh, I'm surprised it got made now. Yeah, I, I, I am surprised as well. So I wanted to, to talk about this. There's a lot. We'll get to news of the day. But last time we had you on, you did mention, you know, you were socially liberal, liberal, fiscally conservative, but you've yeah. been in some of these Christian-themed films. So where does that line up personally? Your, your, your faith? Are you agnostic? Are you more like a, a federalist like Ted Cruz, where you're personally a Christian but, like, depends on the, on the state laws? I, I want to give you as much leeway as possible. Fair enough. Wow. Federal. It's never defined like that. Uh, you know, for me, um, I wasn't raised very religiously. Um, I look at the at religion as a, as a positive thing when it does positive things for people. Um, I like my son having a, a good knowledge of the Bible and a good understanding of the Bible. I studied all the major world religions in college. 
for how much you study in college, you know. I right, yeah, that's true. Uh, well, you, were too bu- you were too busy wrecking people on the football I was, field. That was fun. Football was a fun thing. I still have my president shirt on now. Oh, there you um, go. Good Lord, you were yeah, an animal. You know, so I, I, for me, like choosing to do a faith-based movie is no diff- different than choosing to do any other type of film. I enjoy them because they usually have a message and they say some things that, that make sense in life, morality and so on and so forth. But I don't specifically pick them because I'm pushing Christianity on anybody uh, in any way, shape, or form. Um, do you think a part of it, too, is is just you're, because it sounds like you're more open-minded to all sides and a lot of people in the industry would not touch a Christian cool. film with a 10-foot pole? Yeah, well, you know, there's a lot of things like that that, that, that people have set up these uh, these these walls, if you will, whether they wouldn't go do a Christian film or they wouldn't do a uh, play gay in a film or to do this. I've never listened to that convention. I've always just decided based on the merit of the of the project. And as an as a, an artist, someone who gets to make movies and do this, I think it's you know it's great to be able to play against type or play different kinds of roles. I've played gay in a number of uh, films. I've played uh, you know. Just all kinds of different characters, and I, and I like that. It doesn't necessarily mean that's who I am or what I represent, but I think it's nice to be able to play all different things. Care, careful, I'm that not can be a word. Held a convention. That can be a word tangle soundbite. Ah, I, I played gay. I like it. I am that. That's what someone's going to snip together. That very well be a word tangle soundbite. Shame on you. Sh- you sh- it is true. You shame on both of us. Okay, speaking of walls, we're talking about the wall. Um, last time you, you talked about how you really liked Carly Fiorina, so it's looking yeah. more and more like she is the VP pick. For Cruz, um, when you heard this, were you excited? Have you made up your mind right now on, on who you're supporting? About uh, three months ago, I was sure in my brain that I wanted to see a Cruz Fiorina ticket, and that would get my vote. Okay. So that is, that's like your dream ticket coming to life. That's my dream ticket of, okay. of, of the current candidates. I'm not going to say anybody's a particular dream in this uh, presidential election because right. nobody in my, my world, world is a dream. <laughs> I don't agree with Ted or Carly on every issue. Um, but I line up with them a lot more than I do do some of the others. Okay, so, so uh, I, I think they're a great, powerful team, and I think we'd be in great shape if they were if they were elected. Uh, you know, I agree with you. I think it might hurt them because people have sort of painted her as this this rhino um, and you know establishment. But that's the attack that's used against anyone. So I know obviously Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, but contrasting with Trump, you, you line up significantly more with that ticket than a Trump. I think the, yeah. I think the Trump ticket is Trump Trump. I think he's going to fill both <laughs> slots. Can he do that? Can he be his own? VP? He can. Yeah, he can. He can change convention. You know what? Listen, I, I like what he's done to the race. I like that his frank talk is done to the race and sure. such. But I just don't know that that uh, I want him to be my commander in chief, uh, president of the United States. I, I just don't know that he feels like the guy. I think Cruz to me is the guy. Um, you know, it's a it's a really interesting election cycle. When I've been over in Europe, I've been in Europe a lot lately, and they're shocked by the idea of, of Trump being um, in the position he's in. Right. They're just sort of shocked by the whole thing. And I, I don't know. You know, you have to have a certain telegenetic look. Uh, sound, you got to speak in sound bites. I mean, Ted Cruz, for the for as much as I love the things he says, he does look like the Grandpa Monster. He, he does. Like he, Eddie Monster's grandpa. I put those pictures side by side. If not, Gay Jared could just throw it up there for me. I'd be so happy. <laughs> we could do it in post, I that, guess. That or a little like, bit of Kevin from the office. Look at, just look at the two of them. That is literally the reincarnation of Grandpa Monster. I know, and it is a problem. And like it, it can come across prefab. We've talked about that too with the <laughs> delivery with with Ted Cruz. But man, in Hollywood, that's the hardest guy to support. You can kind of support Donald Trump because he has a lot of ties there, right? And he's he's sort of bombastic. People go, well, okay, I get it. You, you're, it's sort of a protest candidate, and we don't think he's that conservative. But Ted Cruz in Hollywood, 
that is a way to dig your heels in. If you say that to your friends, how, how upset with you do they get? Uh, they get upset, but we'll discuss <laughs> the issues, talk about things, and then they're not as upset. And, you know, and that always cracks me up and they start talking about, well, we don't want to hear an actor talk about politics. Anybody can talk politics. And right. if you don't, if you think, you know, there's no interest in politics, I always say politics have an interest in you. So you better pay attention. This is true. Well, my dad always said the two things people say don't discuss religion and politics, are the two things that matter and, and largely define who you are. Even if you're against religion, if you're in it, it still defines you then at that point. The, Absolutely. The, these are the things that shape our world. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you say that you discuss the issues and then they get less mad. I, I, I'm going to call BS on that. I don't think that any of the left in the entertainment industry, I don't think that you have this discussion and you bring a lot of them to your way of thinking. I think that people who are like, well, I guess maybe Hillary, they can kind of be brought along the trail. But in the entertainment industry, they were so vitriolic um, and they have a vested interest, right, in this sort of bubble being being uh, kept uh, kept in, in pristine working order. Do you really feel like a lot of people in the entertainment industry can be swayed? Oh, I don't think they can be swayed so much as they will just tolerate my opinion. Um, but I do you're see Dean Kane and you flash him a smile and they tolerate it. Let's be honest. <laughs> I might thump him. That's it. Uh, no, what, what I find is that they will, um, they get so angry sometimes when we're having a conversation, they can't even have the conversation. Right. They don't want to have the conversation. And that to me is just the ultimate hypocrisy. It's like, look, if you're claiming to be so open and so, you know, inclusive and all this, but you won't listen to a, a, another opinion, aren't you basically being a total hypocrite? Well, yes, I don't think they will answer that question. I think they'll move yeah. on down the trail to the next executive. Speaking of which, okay, this is something that's always interested me. You know, Hillary, the Clintons were Hollywood's darlings, and then they yes. kind of turned on her for Barack Obama. And even if you look at the entertainment industry, the majority of them turned on Hillary for Bernie. When it came down to the wire, like, ah, we just can't. Have you felt that in the being out there in L.A., working in Hollywood, where it was kind of assumed it was going to be Hillary, and a lot of people just going, Man, I just think this woman's a witch on wheels. I can't do it. <laughs> I I haven't noticed that much because people aren't talking about it that much. They really aren't. They're not saying who they're going to support. They they keep politics pretty quiet. But I mean, Bernie Sanders is a democratic social. He's a socialist. Right. This is the United States of America. I I cannot wrap my head around the fact that he's gotten any votes, any support. I just don't get it. Well, I don't want to well, out you, but that's because you're a little older than uh, <laughs> the people hey. who are voting. A little older. A little. Listen, if we can age as well as you, we'd be very fortunate. But, <laughs> you know, you have a lot of people, 47%, who don't pay federal income tax at all. Of course, that includes all college students. Um, I mean, I don't know if you just saw this this week. I was there at UMass with, with Milo and Christine Hoff Summers, and um, we just got shouted down. They were just yelling us off the stage, and they said, you're not our guest. We don't want you here. And, and to me, it's crazy that these kids don't want to pay for school, but then they want to shout down the groups that actually do pay to bring in guests. I've never seen a generation more entitled, and those are the people voting Bernie. So Yeah, well, I, I completely agree with you. That's insane. That is absolutely – and if I were a parent of any of those kids – my son did first of all, my son would never do that just because I've raised him differently. Um, it's just not he would listen to someone who had an opinion that differed from his and he'd respect them and listen to what they have to say and disagree with them all he wants. But to shout you down is insane. Well, it's just that they don't believe in freedom of speech. Now, do you have these discussions with your son? Like, do you know where your son lines up politically or is he sort of apathetic? No, he well, he's he's behind dad, you know. Oh, That's is just he? the way it is. <laughs> he, he, he agrees with dad's opinion, you know. Um, he sees me watching the news and talking to i talk to the news i'm like oh come on because blah 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 and then they'll say something similar to that and i'll say right. that person's this and i don't and he hears it and he because he you know he has to eat 
He, he agrees with me. Oh, come on now. No, you okay. seem like a dad if he if he decided to uh, you know go off the, the, the beaten path there for a little bit and, and go full socialist, you'd probably be upset, but let him I'd let take him... away his car. <laughs> there you go. Well, Dean Kane taking away your car, there is motivation. When is is he in college yet or is he going to go into college? No, he's in tenth grade. He's just getting a car. Okay. Uh, but I would explain to him that he doesn't that this isn't a socialist household. And so that doesn't work. He can work for his money to make a car and suddenly he wouldn't be a socialist anymore. No, this is true. Well, do you do, do you do allowance in the household at that age? How does that work with a 10th grader? Not gay, Jared. Did you get allowance? No, I just give money. He doesn't need money for real. No, I still don't get paid for much. This is true. That's, well, no. I wonder because, you know, I worked. I worked as an actor starting at 12. And so at that point, there, there was no more allowance. You know, I was allowed a certain amount of it and then the rest of it when I was 18. But I wonder what Dean Kane does with, with, with his son. So when he needs it, you just kind of give it to him? Just give it to him. He doesn't need much money. The kid doesn't do a whole lot that needs money. Occasionally, it's an Uber because I can't pick him up someplace, something like that. So that's not part of it. That's just a ride to this or that, the other thing. But he doesn't spend any money. He doesn't spend money on anything. He doesn't like things. He's got a computers. He's got his things. <laughs> he doesn't like things. He just, he's got what he needs. So what? Okay. He's not a serial kid. Right. Well, that's good, especially being in, a, in, a, in an industry in an area of the country that is so vain. Um, what are you going to do though when it comes to college? Because this is, uh, like you said, this is an insane time sending your son to college, which is really just a social justice leftist factory. Do you dread that? How are you going to handle it? That would be a problem for me. Um, my son right now is still debating whether he wants to go to college. And he's in a school where 99% of the kids go to college, if not 100% last year. Right. So um, he's in a college prep place. If he doesn't want to go to college, he ain't going to college. Uh, I'm not going to force him to go there. I certainly listen to the way things are being, like like you just said. I mean, like the way the kids are being taught, the things they're hearing. I, he wouldn't be going to, uh, to one of those schools. Let's just put it that way. So um, it'd be like maybe like a state school or something like that. And um, yeah, he's looking at Pepperdine, which is right nearby me, and things like that, which is yeah. Good. But they banned. They even banned a, a friend of mine, Brad Stein, for saying that for, uh, forks were better than chopsticks. They said it was offensive. It was ethnocentric towards uh, towards Chinese people. Well, Pepper Japanese people use chopsticks too. But I don't know. Oh, you're gonna use you're gonna use your Asian privilege here and let me know. We we get it. You're like check one. Your white, check your white privilege. This is true. I checked it there. It's good. Well, come on. <laughs> at your at your height and size, there there can't be that much Asian in you. No one's buying it. <laughs> That's what my brother always says. <laughs> but yeah, they um, banned someone for saying that at Pepperdine. So even at Pepperdine, they they get along that trail. That's insane. That's insane that you cannot do that to free speech. That's the whole point of free speech. It should make you uncomfortable. I right. mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, that's and my son is that way. He'll speak. Right. With, like it or not. Well, and Pepperdine is actually, it's a nice university. It's a nice campus. It's out there in Malibu. He can be close to dad. So you can make sure he's not, you know, doing some social studies and then uh, banging rocks uh, when he's out of there. So uh, let's keep Mr. Kane for, oh, we have 30 seconds? Gosh, Don K. Jared is messing up the countdowns, Dean. Oh, come on, Don K. Jared. <sighs> that's what I do. Kind of my thing. Kind it's, of my thing. It's been a real problem with you lately. Actually, I was on time. This one. That's this is your inner. It clock. should be a cautionary tale. Inner clock Dean, is where you tell off. your son here. This is what happens when you don't th do things correctly, and just send him this show and not gay Jared. And just say that's what it is. Th I didn't finish college. This is what happens when you don't finish college. Well, you didn't finish college. Yeah, I did it. Did not. Probably shouldn't even gone. <laughs> You need to get your money back. All right, we are going to have to uh, go to a break here. Dean Kane, stay tuned. Ladder with Crowder.
now return you to a live debate between Mark Levin and a black guy. All right, you dope, you dummy. I know where you're coming black from. Black lives matter! Black lives matter! I'm trying to make a point here. If you would shut your mouth up and listen. You're a homophobe! And you're a, you're a bigot and you hate black people! Oh, you big jerk, you dummy. You're not even going to listen to what I have to say, you I dope. I want you to kill a black guy for no reason. You don't... E what? We'll update you as these debates unfold. Steven Crowder here. Hey, Jared, what are you doing? Ah, I'm just having trouble getting through this book. Well, that's because you can't read. I know! You should have used Freedom Project Academy. Freedom what? Yeah, Freedom Project Academy. Just go to fpeusa.org. It's a fully accredited private online school, no common core, and absolutely no government funding whatsoever. All the classes are taught live online, kindergarten through high school, with real teachers based around the country. So through Freedom Project's classical curriculum, students master the basics like math, English, history, science, uh, alongside some more commonly neglected courses like logic. You're not getting that in a lot of schools. Economics, American studies, and Latin, all of which foster the long-lost art of critical thinking and create leaders for tomorrow. All classes are recorded to be viewed 24-7, and you can get your very own sneak peek of any class or professor at fpeusa.org. Open enrollment runs March through July, but classes always fill up fast. Now, do you have your GED equivalency, Jared? No, is that important? I think so. I mean, you might want to give them a call. That's Freedom Project Academy at fpeusa.org. This is not good. He might just walk off. It's, you don't want to. It's like it's like you going to Gary Coleman and saying what you talking about, Willis. Dean Kane's done more than this, Dean. I'm so sorry. It doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt me at all. <laughs> I have a thick skin. I've been called a heck of a lot worse than Superman. I'm okay. I'll take it. This Anytime. is true. We've talked about that. You have a good head on your shoulders about that. Sometimes I remember. Um, I walked up. Who was it? A celebrity? I, I, I won't give out a name. But someone who was very iconic <laughs> with a character, and they were. They, we were specifically told, don't talk about that because yeah. it bothered them. You've never been that way because no. you were happy to play it. It's something that resonates with people. You don't get mad if someone goes, Superman. No. I don't get mad when they call me Scott Peterson. Oh, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Wait, Scott. I played him. Who's, wait, Scott I played Peter Scott Peterson. Who's Scott Peterson? Forgive me. Oh, he killed his wife. Oh, that's right. Or, yeah. Uh, they say. I don't know. You got to be careful now because the lawyers can get on you. That's happening exactly. with the, the OJ show. People I played getting... the character. That's all. You played the character. This played is the character. This is true. Okay. So I want to go back to your son. So your son may not go to college. Does he yeah. have any idea as to, not to get obviously super personal, but this is interesting because I've talked about this with guests who go, well, not everyone has to go to college. But and then in the conservative circle, there's this elitism. What's the first thing they list? I went to Harvard. I went right. to Cornell. I'm going, well, you don't really believe it because that's what, well, there you go. Princeton. See? There you go. Exactly. Oh, that old thing right there. Oh, sorry. But does your son have a plan, like a trade school or a business or if he doesn't, he doesn't go? Know. And the truth is, you know, I, I don't want to – half the kids that I was at Princeton with were so stressed out by the time they got there, there would be like the midnight disappearance. And did you hear about so-and-so? She's gone. She's just gone. And the, the meltdowns and the breakdowns, and it's tough. So when you're pushing that hard and everyone's always pushing from the very beginning – my kids, at three years old, they started doing this. And they're like, it, it's, that stuff doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Um, and you look at some of the great inventors of our time, you know, on our time. I wasn't back with Thomas Edison. No. Of all time, our time and but previous I, times. You look at you look at a lot of different people like that who are tremendously successful. They didn't go. So if he doesn't have it in him, he doesn't have the will or the desire to go. 
I'm not going to push him to go. For me, college is a great time to grow up, make a lot of stupid mistakes, learn how to drink. Um, oh, come on, careful now. I, that's what happened. Well, that's what happened for you. You don't want your son doing that. No. I'm throwing you a lifeline here. No. That's what people do in college. And it's true. You, yeah, well, for a lot of people, it's four years of glorified alcoholism. And the truth yeah. is, if people have a proclivity toward that, toward addiction, and they just think it's college and fun, it can mess them up. And I've seen that. It can't. It can't. Yeah. But then, you know, that's where you learn that you can't do that. Well, no, they just shouldn't do it at all. Because there's those people, you know, they, they, they're like, oh, well, oh. what is this you say? Mike's hard lemonade? <laughs> <laughs> but you see that. And you can find that person in college. But if you stay hidden behind closed doors, you're not social enough to get out there. I mean, that's where a lot of you, you figured out a lot of things. I saw some guys have some problems in college, and we identified it. And we're like, dude, you shouldn't drink. Well, you played football, so probably a lot of those people are dead. <laughs> no, the lifespan is not, you know, for a lot of these, the, with the brain injuries and they just beat up their body, a lot of them get addicted to painkillers. I mean, they can be great guys, but like my friend who played football at, well, Gerald, we have him on the show all the time at Notre Dame, like that is, those people are, people think of the struggling sort of artist and the, the drugs and that's the idea of the tortured creative mind. It is actually just as prevalent among athletes because of the pain they go through. It's the tremendous pain. I've had six surgeries myself. Um, the thing is, what's that? I said, Ugh. I just got <laughs> back from rehab. I had knee surgery. It's excruciating. The rehab, it's awful. Yeah, but if you don't do it, you might as well not have the surgery. It's true. So, you know, yeah. So I've seen that. But none of my friends have died that I played football with. Not one. So just um, the guys on the team you didn't like. Yeah, well, the, I, <laughs> I, I, they're I gone. Two of those guys, I, you know. Um, oh. But, you know, that stuff happens. But, you know, you know listen, I think, you know, Going to college is a good thing. It's a good place to grow up. It was great for me. I went in as a boy, in a sense, and I came out as a man. I learned how to work hard. I learned how to work hard playing football, work hard in school, in the classroom. I was always so good in the classroom in high school. I got to college, and I was terrible, comparatively. I was really? Afraid. Well, it just took me a chance. I had to adjust. I went to a, a public high school. Um, I wasn't always aiming at Princeton or any place like that. I was just doing taking AP classes because I thought they were fun. Right. I was the I opposite. Was pushing hard for college. Working hard. That's... That's the course well, I, was I the skipped opposite. out. On. I was re yeah. That's course. That's the one I missed. You you slept through it. I was I was well. I wasn't horrible. I was like a C plus B minus student in high school. I didn't do anything, and then got to college and actually did pretty well. Um, well that's the thing, because you were ready to learn that. Well, it's because I was finally interested. I got to pick my courses, you know. Yeah. And um and then uh, and then left because I was doing stand up comedy. So again, I I didn't finish. And uh, <laughs> my teacher was. I remember my teacher giving me flack. She's like, I don't understand why you're acting up in my class. What do you think you're gonna be like in the just for laughs or something? And I had just gotten called like that week that I had made That's it into so the Canadian. festival. And I said, why why am I here? And I just walked out and I never went back in. <laughs> and that that was it. That was for me. I just realized that was my moment. And then my brother. Graduated with honors at UT film school in Austin, which is a very prestigious film school. He wasn't the best high school student And it, we were like wait Jordan got honors when he's walking like he's walking across the stage Like one of the best schools in the how did this happen? He was just in his field He's brilliant and so a lot of people think you have to find that in school It, it sounds like maybe your maybe your son like you say you grow up, but you don't have to grow up in college anymore There are so many other available outlets if if it doesn't Fit your goals, and it's you think you Yeah, do you, do you feel that? Because do you feel that with with all you all your kids with with your son? Is it just with, with any kid really at this point in time? I know my 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 cousin. I just put him through college. He went to Alabama. Okay, but he did a good job. He was a okay student in high school. He did great in college, and did a wonderful job. And then got a real high paying job, and now just left that kid. 
um, yeah. <clears throat> because he's still a kid. And, uh, you know, college was great for him. I just don't know for my son if that's what it's going to be that he wants to do. And this and brings up, not, a, I'm not pushing him. No, and this is an important point because people say it needs, you know, co college is a human right, right? Bernie Sanders. Well, what about someone like your son who chooses not to go and starts a business or goes to trade school? Why should someone like him pay for someone else's eight year degree in social studies? No one he thinks of someone like your son. He shouldn't. Nobody should. Right. No question about it. And the federal government's got to get out of subsidizing those loans and causing all that trouble and sticking, making the price go up. I mean, yeah. that's what's happening. It's just madness. Look at Dean Cain. I understand that it took us this long to get there, but look, he just threw something out that the people don't realize. Tuition is so high because of inflation with these student loans on the table. Unless you are a hardcore libertarian economics buff, you don't know what Dean Cain just threw out he's, there. He's not all looks. He's not he's all not looks. looks. Mostly, though. Let's be honest. Let's be but honest. it's great to look. <laughs> like Dean Kane. <laughs> if you could do all of the above, man, you have punched your ticket. Okay, speaking of punching ticket, people can follow you at Real Dean Kane and uh, Gosnell, do you keep keep everyone updated on Twitter on that? I do. As soon as I know what's happening there, like I said, I'm just a dumb actor. They don't tell me anything. But when they tell me it's coming out, I'm screaming about it. I'll be on Twitter. Well, absolutely, yet. and we'll have to have you back on the show to talk about it. We wanted to keep it light today because we have Austin Peterson and then we have all this crazy stuff going on. <laughs> but next time, we'll talk about the, the, the dark abortion movie. Dean Kane, thank you for being with us, sir. I appreciate it. Uh, we fix that dark abortion movie. Yes, next time. That's how we'll end the segment. Ladder with crowd, everybody. Stay tuned. I'm not Superman. He is. That's actually my favorite bump of the show now. It's pretty good. I was uh, showing friends that Pogo, Pogo, Pogo Chap, Pogo Chap. That's actually a remix for those who have asked. Yes, it's a remix of Hook, Hook. the film Hook. Hook. I like it. I like it. Lightning, but that was uh, he just died. That, Not didn't just die, but he died a while often. ago. Who? No, no, oh, no, no. Uh, Shmi. Shmi. I just forgot his name. Tweet me his name. Hi, people, tweet me his name at S Crowder. Not gay, Jerry. It's on top of my tongue. Uh, Not gay. Blah, blah, legal obligations. You get it. Um, People really seem to want to, oh, wow, that's so cute, Aaron D. Gamil. Someone's tweeting me a picture of their baby watching Dean Kane. Well, hopefully the baby is watching Dean Kane and not me, because that's not good. You want a better example, and Dean Kane was Superman for crying out loud. People really want to keep talking about UMass. I don't know if it's because it's, it's intimate and, and people feel more connected with this. This is why eventually we know, listen, that we will we'll probably outgrow 
the medium of radio, traditional radio. We're grateful to be syndicated, but... Real quick, it is important. Bob Hoskins, Courtney tweeted. Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Courtney Scoffs. Courtney Scoffs. Courtney Scoffs. Well, she didn't answer my texts. Oh, there you go. Bob Hoskins. Okay. Okay, let's do something else. We'll get back to you, Mass. And uh, let's get to one thing here. Amy Schumer released a sketch on Comedy Central. Did I already answer that? I don't think she's funny now. On yeah, air. I don't know. Sometimes it's tough to know what's on air and what's off air. Amy Schumer and I have had our run-ins, and I, I respect immensely what she has accomplished as a stand-up comedian. I have to. But she's crossing over into territory. I mean, you don't want to perpetuate rape culture at all. Let's roll the clip of the, of the, of the sketch. Where's the doctor? We're your doctor. No, you're a bunch of congressmen. I recognize you. I just need to get my annual pap smear. You. Do any of you have any medical training? We're the House Committee on Women's Health. So I think we have a better idea than a bunch of sciencey nerdles. You mean doctors? Let's begin. When was the date of your last lady curse? Two weeks ago, if you mean my period. You. And how many blood diapers did you use? Tampons? A, a dozen? I don't know. And that is? Twelve. Now it says here you're 34. Yeah. How many children do you Okay, so listen, the point, we have the full video up. We don't want to get hit with a copyright infringement, which they do all over YouTube now, right? Because they just try and ruin anyone who has a dissenting opinion. This is clearly under fair use because we're addressing it. And believe me, we're going to address it. The argument here, if you watch the whole sketches from Amy Schumer, is Congress being in your OBGYN, right? That they, ha they have their hands over women's bodies. The message is pretty clear, right? You saw that, not gay, Jerry? Yeah, I did. I the, did. The message is a bunch of men, privileged men, getting to decide your health care. Getting up in your vajayjay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Good lord. Could you make Bud, this segment more Bud-jingo. You're, you're, uh, you're vajazzled. Vajazzled. That's a new one. That was bedazzled, and they had those rhinestones for the nether regions. Okay. So, Amy Schumer. All right, let's t- time to do this here. Sorry it's come to this. I've tried to be, I try and st- cut a wide swath for comedians and give them a little bit of forgiveness. Why would it be that men in Congress get to determine what kind of birth control or what kind of healthcare services you get? Could it possibly be because of social justice warrior wenches like you and Sandra Fluke and Lena Dunham demanded through Congress and stood before the House and st- grandstanded and filibustered? Obviously, that didn't really happen, but they grandstanded. They went forward demanding free birth control, demanding that the taxpayer subsidize it. Guess what? When you demand that I pay for your birth control, you've now granted that authority to the government. I'm paying for birth control with my insurance because it's mandated. I'll never use birth control. I don't even use condoms. I've never used condoms. Condoms are for losers. Listen, if you use condoms, I have no respect for you. You are a man who has no self-respect. You take your chances and you roll the dice. As it goes with Amy Schumer. Obviously, I'm married, so I'm not taking any chances. But my the case remains. With Amy Schumer, and here's the thing, with Sandra Fluke and Lena Dunham, too, listen... And they were yelling this out at the UMass thing. I think the Jigglypuff was yelling out, you know, women's reproductive rights, and they want free birth control. Okay, you're not fooling anybody with this. 
All right, the free birth control. You may convince some of the gender queers in your pot-smoking drum circle, but none of us are buying it, that you required so much birth control that you need me to assist in paying for your birth control. Okay, it's like that drunk chick at the bar. I have a bit on this about Lena Dunham, but it applies here where they're sitting there. It's it's the opposite of virtue signaling. They're trying to act like they're so promiscuous and they're in such demand. It's like that chick at the bar, like, oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so drunk. I hope nobody tries to take advantage of me. And everyone's like, okay, no, you're good. Well, it was like, like train wreck. It's like, exactly. who is in line for this woman? No, who is, exactly. who is in line? Who is in line for Ugh. this woman? Ugh. They're saying, you're fine. Buzz, here, your here's girlfriend. Some, here's some cab fare. Go home, right? We're, 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 believe me, you're as safe as you're as safe as in your mother's arms here. And some of them, listen, you may even try and fake them out and go Daniel Day-Lewis and Method Act with it. You may even go to the store and buy the birth control to try and convince people. We know you're just stockpiling it in your garage like an episode of Preppers, or maybe you're popping them like M&Ms at the dinner table, and really you're, oh, yum, 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 birth control, but you're stuffing it in a napkin like broccoli and feeding it to the dog, and they're wondering why Fluffy's lactating, even though he's a male. It's just lactation. What is the going on with the dog? No. No one is buying that you need that birth control. By the way, this this sketch was already done as an ad by the same ad company that did, has done Ted Cruz's ad. Remember Uncle Sam? was Uncle Sam. The lady was up on the forceps giving birth, and this creepy Uncle Sam poster came in. And the whole ad was, and it was a very libertarian theme, get Uncle Sam out of your doctor's office. Get Uncle Sam out of your bedroom. Mm-hmm. It was a common theme. This was this was long ago before Lena Dunham was trying to take your guns before sorry, Amy Schumer was trying to take your guns away or Lena Dunham was trying to take so away it's your rights. Right. And unoriginal. Yes, it's completely unoriginal. Double offensive. And if you're trying to bash Republicans, Republicans and conservatives were the one this entire time saying, "No Amy Schumer, no Lena Dunham. We don't want our hands in your hoo-ha. We don't want to have to pay for your birth control." We don't want to have anything to do with your reproductive rights. All we want is for you to pay for it on your own. And when Sandra Fluke refer, uh, when Rush Limbaugh referred to Sandra Fluke as a slut, everyone got mad. Listen, if you are having so much sex that you can't afford a 25-cent rubber at a truck stop, if the word slut doesn't apply to you, it might as well be wiped from the history of the dictionary because it was designed for sluts like Sandra Fluke and Amy Schumer and Lena Dunham. Is he slut shaming? Send your letters to our affiliates. I don't care. I know our affiliates support us. If they drop us, I don't care. We'll take this online. You are an unbelievable, reprehensible, slutty role model. By the way, Amy Schumer, you're a fat slutty role model. Okay, well, I know she's not claiming to be a role model, but uh, l- let's just be honest here. She got all mad when, when was it L? something referred to her as plus size her whole th- you can't have it both ways you can't demand that someone funds your personal sexual escapades and then go oh my god why should guys have why should guys have a say in my reproductive rights why because you demanded it you gave them that authority. And it's the same thing, by the way, with conservatives. It's the same thing with the alt-right and Trump, okay? I understand that a lot of you are mad with Barack Obama, and so am I. But it doesn't mean that you want your guy to do it and take more control. You do not want to give that much control with the government because you do not get it back. You do not want to give the government the authority to, uh, to, to, to monitor you. You do not want to give the government the authority to force you to pay for birth control or force you to pay for high-premium health plans. You do not want the government to force you to register your gun. You don't want any of those things. And the problem here is that both sides think there's some other guy who acted like a a, a dictator. It's executive power. I want my guy to do it better. No, you don't. Just like Amy Schumer was saying, oh, you have the you know religious right. I we want we want reproductive rights. We want free birth control. Really? You want to be the world's most powerful genie and everything that comes with it. Boom, shackles. Now these people get to decide 
what your OBGYN treatment is like. Just like in Canada. Remember they mocked when conservatives said death panels? There's no such thing as death panels. It was a term coined to create a visual picture. What is a death panel? Well, let me tell you what a death panel is. It's pretty similar to what happened with my aunt with lung cancer in Canada where they sat there in Canada because their system is strained and they can't afford it, and they say, okay, she's in stage four, she's older, there might be some experimental treatment that could help her live longer, very low success rate, but it's the only one that can work, but you know what? It's not really worth the price. Now, you're going to tell me that I'm being inaccurate because I use the term death panel? It's not, a, it's not a legal term. We get it. We're talking about the principle. Just like if you say an OBGYN panel, a birth control panel, what we're talking about is some Washington DC bureaucrat because you've given them the authority because you wanted free crap who now gets to decide what you put in your body and what's appropriate. You created that monster. Amy Schumer, Lena Dunham, all the strong women. And is there, any, is there anything weaker than a woman who can't pay for her own stuff? I'm a strong independent woman, well that's great. Uh, can you, by the way, do you have any change? What, for like a bus ride? No, for my vagina pills. <laughs> I don't think that's a technical term. Well, you say death panels still. I think that's more accurate than vagina pills. That's Hopper, by the way, killing his, his squirrel chew toy. It's okay, you don't need to stop him. People know Just Hopper is our it. producer. Just let him go. Oh, it's organic. Everyone else tries to act so professional on... We don't do that. Everyone tries to act like, oh, no, there's no dog. Listen, we have a giant dog in here, many guns within reach, and... Um, and, he, and he keeps all of us in check. He keeps all of us... A lot of stuff goes down here during the commercial break. Is, 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 uh, Andrew Clavin is next? Yeah, he's up next. Gosh. He's up next. This is, this is just zipped by. We haven't really had that much time to go through UMass. Maybe we'll talk about it with Andrew Clavin a little more. I don't know. Tweet me if you think I'm out of line on the Amy Schumer thing. But it's gotten to the point where, and I know I'm a political comedian, so I do it on the other side. But it's because everyone is on one side of the, uh, the scale. You've got me on one side, Dennis Miller, and you know maybe Nick DiPaolo, who's really just hilarious but not necessarily political. And nobody else. Nobody else. Because all it is is, is Amy Schumer and, uh, gosh, I don't know, John Stewart, and now the new guy in there, and Stephen Colbert, and David Letterman, and Jimmy Fallon, and Jimmy Kimmel. That's all it is. God forbid Lena Dunham. I said that already. Uh, yeah, it deserved twice. Well, no, it doesn't deserve twice. You're going to break the scale. <laughs> we still have That's to fair. be within the realm of fair. reason here. That is fair. Andrew Clavin, coming up after this. Stay tuned. And now for Tales from Canada's Mounted Police, Lena Dunham edition. Tim, Tim, she asked me for documentation on that maritime law, eh? Ah, son of a moose c Just get rid of her, eh? Till you have to pull her aside and strip search her if she didn't go back. Okay, okay. Okay, sorry, Miss Dunham. While we're getting that documentation, if you wouldn't mind pulling aside uh, to get into Canada, it's a new policy, you know, we have to strip search everybody. Oh my god, are you guys gonna try and rape me? What? No! Ho hold on, okay. Tim, she's saying we're gonna try and rape her now! Ah, beaver dick! The last thing we need is to be on CBC, you know? Yeah, I know, but she seems pretty dead set on telling everyone we're gonna rape her, you know? You know all about how it works, if you don't follow through, they're never gonna believe your threats, so... You gotta do it, you know? <sighs> okay, okay. Hi, Miss Dunham. Yeah, thanks for waiting, and we're gonna have to have you pull over to the side, but just to be clear, you know, 
nobody is talking about rape. I don't know. Everything's rape to me. I know. You've made that clear, but this is proper procedure, and uh, you'd have to pull over, or you can just go on back to the United States, you know? No, I'll take my chances. I know, but you don't have to, you know, you can go right on back. No, I'm pretty sure that I'm, I'm, I'm okay with this. Yeah, I know, but we're not, eh? You know, you don't have to take your top off that fast. I've done this before. Stay tuned for more tales from Canada's Mounted Police, Lena Denim Edition. Hey, Steven, what are you doing? Ah, I'm just browsing AR15.com. You mean the site about the scary black rifle with the best prices, community, and information on the web? Ah, oh, what the hell's the difference? AR15.com! Kaboom! AR15.com! Kaboom! AR15.com! Kaboom! You know, they just heard the three takes. You did three takes, you didn't edit it. They can hear you. Kaboom! <laughs> Oh my gosh, so glad to bring in this next. He's actually pinch hitting for us. He wasn't the scheduled guest. Sargon of a cat dropped out, but usually Clavin is our first guest, and he always just gives me he gives me the shaft, for lack of a better term. You can follow his podcast at dailywire.com. Fantastic, brilliant guy, and the skill he has, I always talk about this, he's brilliant, but he makes you feel like the smartest person in the room. So he's a very skilled liar. Andrew Clavin. <laughs> How you doing, Steve? It's good to see you. Good to see you. Oh, look at that background there. You look like quite the author. That's just painted on. It's just actually just shooting back at me. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a one hell of a green screen with a TriCaster. Um, so wow, it's it's been a while since you've been on the program, and um, well, we were talking about you sent me some very nice stuff about the, the the UMass event, which we've been talking about. You're obviously an educated man. How does this come? And you and you were like a pot smoking hippie, I think, back in the day. How does this compare to that era? Would you say? You know, it's well, I thought what you said, one of the things that you said that was so accurate in your rant was when you said that the guys who originally were fighting, they, they were idiots in a lot of ways, sure. but they were fighting against the system. They thought they were fighting for more freedom. They thought they were fighting for, they called themselves the free speech movement where I was in Berkeley. So, you know, they actually had at least an, an idea that the... Um, dialogue should open up, that radical ideas should be allowed in. Now it's all about shut up. It's all stop talking. Don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want, you know, don't say anything. There's, there's their opinion and then there's hate. You know, there's their ideas and then there's, you know, uh, evil. And right. so you never have to debate. You never have to prove your point. You never have to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the city where all you great non-racist Democrats run are running things and all the black people are moving out. Why is that? You know, you never have to say like, gee, whoa, you've whoa. Had, you've what had is your problem? You <laughs> insensitive asshole. <laughs> you yeah, can't wade into race. I didn't know you had my wife there. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Your wife's a sweet lady, Andrew Clavin. Yeah, she, oh, and she's named Carl, for those who don't know. Those, Sorry, continue. Those words would never cross her lips. But, you know, you, you, you never have to say, hey, there's been feminism now for, you know, 40 years, and women are more unhappy. Women are committing suicide and all these. You know, how, how come? Because all you have to do, all you have to do if you're a, 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 one of these social justice warriors is pointed at a conservative and make that noise that Donald Sutherland makes at the end of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and the conversation is over. <laughs> and so, and so oh, I think okay. that that is a difference. I mean, they did shout people. 
down. In the 60s, they were wrong. They did take over buildings. I wish people had slapped them down the way Reagan did at, at Berkeley. Right. I wish they'd done that all across the country. They didn't. But but they did have this idea that they were fighting for more freedom where these guys are fighting for less. It's the first time you have people who are fighting for less freedom. Funny thing, last time I was at Berkeley, they have the free speech circle. And I remember talking with some students. I said, well, I thought the free speech circle was America. And they had never thought of it before. Like, you shouldn't need a designated free speech circle, you piece of human feces. And uh, um, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Was that there when you were there, the free speech circle? Absolutely not. You know, in England, there's a famous place in the park. I think it's in Hyde Park where they stand on boxes. And the reason they stand on boxes is because then they're not on British soil and they can't be arrested for treason for what they say. Very old tradition there. And I hate to see that come here because I thought America was one big box where we were allowed to say anything we damn well please. Well, I just picture that being like one game of Jenga and a government official is just shuffling the boxes so he falls <laughs> off and then they put that's, him in the stocks. That's where the idea of a soapbox comes from. Somebody on his soapbox. You know, sure. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't realize some of these little his these anecdotes that we use, these colloquialisms are actually rooted in history. Um Okay, speaking of history, I do have to give you a tough question here. Someone wanted me to ask where you you tweeted out, America first, the phrase just adopted by Trump, was a movement led by Nazi sympathizer Charles Lindbergh to keep the U.S. neutral in World War II. And this person wants to ask why you pull the Nazi card on Trump but not on Cruz for the same phrase. I'm not aware that... Cruz ever used the phrase, but he, he used it offhandedly. Uh, first of all, I was not pulling the Nazi uh, card no. on Trump. I'm, I'm not accusing. I, I think Trump has a fascist heart. I think he appeals to something that is truly fascist, which is the idea that the rules don't matter. It's, I'm I'm going to fix it. He right. Saying this, I alone can fix. You know, I alone can fix this. That that is fascist at its heart. That is fascism. That's mm -hmm. the definition of it. But I'm not calling him Hitlerian at all. I don't think he's you know trying to kill people or uh, start a war or anything like that. All I was pointing out was that, you know, America first sometimes doesn't help America. And that was the case with Charles Lindbergh. Charles Lindbergh. Good Lindbergh was a, was a great man. He was a great, uh, in the field of aeronautics, there were very few men as great as he was. Uh, he fell in love. He was enamored of Hitler from afar because he thought that here was a strong man fixing the economy. Remember, it was the 30s. Everything had crashed. And he felt it was wrong. He wasn't really an anti-Semite. He was kind of like a, you know, a typical anti-Semite of the day. Um, but but he made a mistake, which is sometimes you have to engage with the world right. to to win, you know, and you can't retreat and you can't just say, oh, well, let Europe go up in smoke and our allies be taken over. So that you would know, be effort. wildly entertaining when I because the social justice warriors <laughs> are in parliament in Europe. And like I'm going like, ah, V for Vendetta was a crappy movie, but I'd like to watch that fireworks show. <laughs> but, but, you know, I have to tell you that after I said that on Twitter, the virulent anti-Semitic remarks, I mean, uh, unbelievable, not since like the 30s have I heard this kind of yeah, garbage. Yeah, that was the alt-right. And, and, you know, and I just want to say that somebody who wrote that speech, maybe not Trump, Trump is kind of an uneducated person, but but maybe so, somebody who wrote that speech must have known where that phrase came from. And I wonder if it was a dog whistle to these people. Was he sending a signal? Uh, that, yeah, you know, I'm on your side, even though I, I don't particularly think Trump is a racist per se. But no, I, I don't think he is. I think he's playing to those people. Yeah, and you know, with the alt-right, you have to understand, too, like, they've they've gone after Shapiro, they've kind of gone after me, um, but a lot of them are just, you know, they, they want to be disturbers because it's it's a it's a retaliation to the social justice warrior culture. And so I cut them some slack until they start sending, uh, you know, Jews pictures of, of, of dead Jews. 
But I think if you keep that in that context, it's not as bothersome. You know, these aren't fully yeah, I've grown. Yeah, I've heard our pal Milo Yiannopoulos say yeah. that, and I'm, I'm not convinced, you know. I mean, I think that maybe that may be true of some of them, but, you know, you do need a sense of what evil is. I mean, the, the thing is— Well, let me tell react- you one thing, because we don't have a ton of—I want to bring you back yeah. in the next segment. But let me tell you one thing. We have these studies here. We have all of these analytics, and a lot of these people who are Trump supporters, um, they get really offended when we go after Bernie, because a lot of them are either Bernie or Trump. It's just angry populist rhetoric, and so we're very yeah. surprised. We're a lot, and they, that's why Hillary Clinton just said she, they were afraid that Bernie Sanders would go Trump. There is more crossover, and we have a lot of conservatives who get mad when I go after Bernie. Why don't you go after Clinton? I said, well, there's going to be plenty of time for Clinton. Right now, <laughs> yeah. Bernie's the movement candidate. Let's let's make sure we address this. So there is some of that there at play, and uh, I want. Can can you hold that thought, or did I interrupt yeah. it and it's gone? No, nope, no, nope. go ahead. All right, okay, because we have to go to a break, and right now I'm just buying time until we get there because <laughs> well, I, I needed to time we, it we out. sing a little song or something, you know? <laughs> well, you don't want me to sing a song, nor not Gay Jared, but, oh, that sounds like we're going to a break. Andrew Clavin will be back. Stay tuned for more. We now return you to a live debate between social justice Skyler and the black guy. Black Lives Matter! You're racist and a homophobe I and know a you're racist! And you're the bigot! No, that's you! And you should get off the stage with all your racism! I don't tell me about racism! You got white privilege and you need to shut the fuck up! No, you need to shut the fuck up! Patriarchy! Did she just wake up? Yeah, she woke up and you're a faggot! Alright, wash your mouth, ah! man! Rape culture! Hey, that's my shit. You're a transphobe. Hey, man, dudes with d- in the restroom is still ah, weird. Penis privilege. Hey, shut up. Your family's part of the one percent, and you have ah, a trust fund. Double standard for women are equal pay. I want to get back to Black Lives Matter. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Hey, fuck you. Ah, fuck you. All right, get the fuck off the stage. Oh, you first. Ladies first. Ah, eat me. Ah. No, that's disgusting. Yeah, that's pretty gross. Ah, that's sexism. Shaming! Uh, uh. Oh my god, is she dead? I think so. Saved by the bell. We'll update you as these debates unfold. Hey, Crowderheads, if you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud or maybe on the YouTube live stream, because that's a thing now, you're missing so much content at louderwithcrowder.com. That's actually the bulk of what me and my glorious team, not Gay Jared notwithstanding, do on a daily basis, anywhere from four to ten articles a day with commentary, videos, GIFs, images, and it's all free. So if you want to be up to date on the news and entertained, just add louderwithcrowder.com to your RSS feed. Go check it every day. It's free. You get to support the site. And then, you know, maybe we'll give you some free stuff. I don't know. Maybe free college. What are they promising? Free college? Healthcare? I don't know. They're promising. We'll, we'll give you that. Just, just bookmark it. And we'll give it to you. That's a promise.
All right, glad to have our guest. He's back. He had a thought. You can follow his podcast, dailywire.com. Brilliant guy. Just type his name into Google. You'll see everything you need. Andrew Clavin, thanks for staying with us, sir. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. It's too, too long. I don't get to see you anymore. I used to be out here. I got to see you sometimes. I will be out there. Uh, it, well, I don't know if I can. Do, you, do people know where you are or is that undisclosed? I'm I'm in LA. Okay, in LA. Yeah, I'll be out there soon to uh, to do uh, some work with PragerU and uh, Ruben, and I think maybe Ru- I have a show actually at the Reagan Library. Um, and Fantastic. I don't know when three weeks. I'll, I'll update you on it. So okay, yeah. you had a thought. I don't. I want to hope that you held it through our sponsored break. And um, <laughs> no clue what were we talking. About? Really, you forgot it. I don't. I don't. We, we were talking about the, the UMass uh, dust up. I think we were talking about, about then the dog whistle with Lindbergh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean that—that that was all. That was the only thing that I—that I, I'm a little bit. I, you know, it's interesting that Trump would use that as his, as his, as the Donald doctrine is America first. It's a very. Fam- it was a very famous movement. It was a movement to keep us out of World War II. It was a movement that was sympathetic to Hitler. Uh, it was really kind of before they knew exactly who who Hitler was and how bad and evil he was going to turn out to be. Uh, so it was, it was an anti-interventionist movement. It's been very much discredited. You know, there were guys on right. Twitter saying, yeah, we should have stayed out of World War II. Yeah, good idea. You yeah, know? I know. Like, I've gotten a lot of that, too. Allies conquered by an evil, you know, de- demonic, hate-filled, crazy man. That's the way you want the world to be. You and know? it doesn't matter what you say. They'll just say, well, you're a half-Jew, so you have to have that opinion. <laughs> it's like, well, no. No, I don't, well, have, I to, do. I don't have to be a half-Jew to have that opinion. I explained to them, you know, that, that I am uh, a Jew, but I've converted to Christianity. So while they're burning in hell for their anti-Semitic <laughs> crap, I'm going to be having a, a gin and Coke <laughs> up in the big time. So, Wait, gin know. and Coke? Is that a drink? I know gin and tonic. Is gin it's and heaven. Coke? No, I'm, I'm just making it up. It's I really don't <laughs> know. I, it, sounds, it sounds like it could be a thing. I know rum and Coke and then gin and tonic. You really pull a fast one on you. There's something you didn't know about. Hey, Andrew, I have to ask you. Do you have, do you like do you just wear makeup or just have that like completely even complexion all the time? I just have I have what my, my doctor what did he say I had pristine skin I have uh, uh, you know I this is the way I look. It's just like a matte finish like you would <laughs> never need to be powdered ever even under shark hunting lights. This looks like a shirt. This is actually just me. This is all it's my just, skin. Just you. It's just it's like the Sports <laughs> Illustrated uh, things where they paint it on. I draw buttons on my chest. Yes, yes. Um, no, I, I agree with you, and I, I think that's d- disturbing. And my, my issue, too, I really hate that uh, right now with the Republican Party, and like you're talking about these people who go after you or, or Shapiro, and uh, and they go after me, but like, you know, I, I, have, I just don't care so much because I'm an entertainer, is they've made people like you a bigger target than the left. And, and I was talking with, with Milo about this, too, and obviously he doesn't necessarily believe that, but a lot of these people think you're a bigger enemy for not getting in line with Donald Trump than Hillary Clinton. And, and I just really think these people, if they're attacking you and Ben Shapiro, I'm going, listen, I'm glad you have a new a new, new phase you're in. But these people have paved the way for many, many years. And um, one last thing, too, when people say, if people have fought this much against Obama as they do against Trump, we wouldn't have Obama. I go, that's just a stupid comment. There was never a more bloody bare knuckle brawl than conservatives and Republicans against Obama. So to say that there yeah, wasn't well, is just silly. Yeah, I mean, that's for sure. I've been talking about that. I'm, I'm glad just to have Trump so I have somebody else to attack at this point. Right. You know, l- look, you know, the, the idea the, the idea that because Trump has an R after his name and is a, you know, a putative Republican and the idea that because he says America first and wears a red hat and all this stuff, that he's a conservative, that he represents what America represents. That's just simplistic and silly. I mean, the guy's history is not a good history. I mean, as he himself would say, bad, very bad. You know, I, I think that 
Um, you know, his business dealings Not are very suspect. nice. Not very nice history. <laughs> you know, his business dealings are suspect. Uh, his, his politics change. on, and, and what I don't understand is the Trump supporters keep saying, well, he was in business, so he had to lie to people and, and give money to the opposite side. What makes them think he's not doing that to them? Right. Why do they think if he if he's betrayed every idea he's ever had, if he's betrayed every person he's ever, what makes him think they're not betraying him? I don't get that. And it also I mean, it also says a lot about those people. They don't believe you can make it in business honestly. They believe that's the only way business can be done is by abandoning your principles. Um, well, that's, I don't. And he believe, wasn't that good a businessman either. You know. No, I mean, no, I know. We we <laughs> we can get into that, but I understand. But I want to go back. To, I want to go back to the UMass thing because that's that is something that we can all agree on. And you've you've talked about this. Um, you're such a sensible guy and a reasonable guy. Do you think, not to be selfish here, was I out of line? Is there a point where it's appropriate to drop the A-bomb? Is that okay, or is it always? can someone always be convinced? I think that no. there are people who can't be, and you need to recognize yeah. the difference. I think we're dealing with... Uh a case, I, the only words I can think of to describe it is induced insanity. I mean, I think that there are, I think there, one thing, there are kids, a lot of kids are on drugs, a psychotropic, you know, uh, prescription drugs to deal with depression and all this stuff. They get, right. kids get drugged too quickly. They go to college and they get off those drugs and they crash. And a lot of them are really lost and really in trouble. And they start to uh, pour into their heads these ideas. You know, today on, on my podcast, I read an article called uh, everyone who is unhappy with life is unhappy for the same reasons. And it was just a self-help article, not political at all. No, it's great. It just, gave, it just gave 10, yeah, it gave 10 ideas that people have that make them unhappy. And almost all of them were exact descriptions of social justice warriors. So it was things like, if you think life is fair, you're going to be unhappy. I mean, that just makes perfect sense. If you think everybody should like you, you're going to be unhappy. If you think everybody should naturally agree with you, you're going to be unhappy. These are things that make people miserable. And so these kids are being made miserable. They're lost. They have no uh, adult supervision. They, they have been told, some of these girls have been told that they should feel about sex the way men feel about sex, which is just so destructive. And to be honest with you, men shouldn't always feel the way men it's feel true. about sex. You know, men should have reined themselves in a little bit. You, you know, and they're, and they're lost and they're alone and they get this idea that somehow their self-esteem is dependent on your behavior. I mean, think right. about this for a minute, Stephen. You know, you and I get called every name in the book every single day. I don't lose a, a minute's sleep over it. I mean, I, I don't I don't even think about it. I don't think what people call me. I, I care what my wife thinks about me. That's what I care about. You know, right. Because she, she knows me and I love her. If you walked around worrying about microaggressions, about the way somebody phrased something, the way somebody looked at you, the way somebody thought about women, the way somebody said a certain thing, you'd go nuts. You'd go insane. And I think these people have gone a, insane. It's induced insanity. And they're violating the basic meta principle of American life, which is everybody has a right to his opinion and everybody has a right to speak in his place. And just because you have a right to speak, that doesn't mean you have a right to shout somebody else down. You know, you got to let the people talk. It's it's just uh, abhorrent that the universities basically promote this. They promote it in their classrooms, but they also promote it by not allowing people like you to speak. You know, they don't they don't invite you. When Shapiro goes to speak, he has to go through all this red tape. They they they're riots. Yeah. You know, there are people screaming and all this. Stuff. It's it. I, I think you struck back. You were totally within your right to strike back. Well, I know it was in my rights, but you know, you always want to you always want to do the right thing. But I was talking about that earlier. Like, I don't think I could even have sat down Trigley Puff and said, "Hey, listen, 
let's find some common ground. No, I think making an example of those people convinced the people who could be convinced. We're talking about this, 29,000 students you know, at, at Amherst. Only maybe 50 at most were there to protest and stir up crap. They're not the majority, and they're going, right. they're going away. And, uh, but they have a sympathetic media. They have a sympathetic entertainment industry, and they have a sympathetic administration you know, in higher education, except for Princeton. That guy didn't tolerate that. Remember that statement the guy wrote at Princeton? Yeah, I'm sure I remember that one. Which it one was, was like very like you will be removed, act like adults. It was very simple. I don't even think the guy was a conservative. I don't know why that's hard. Why is it hard for every dean or I don't know head of the board at these schools? Doesn't it seem like that should be a given? Just you're you're well, out. Part of, part of it, I, I suspect, is economic. You know, you start throwing people out, then they're not going to be paying your immense your immense tuition fees, which but is also, silly because enrollment goes down, like you see with uh, with uh, yeah. Miss Hugh. Yeah, and, and, but also it's the tyranny of cool. I mean, one of the things that nobody wants to do is nobody wants to say, you know, that's wrong. You're right. doing the wrong thing. You know, and, and I'm older than you, and I know it's wrong, and you are too young to understand what you're doing. Shut up. That's why I have the authority and you don't. Nobody, nobody wants to say it. And as a result of that, you know, it's really interesting. I don't know if you've read that book, Coming Apart, but uh, he explains in Coming Apart that people who do well don't preach anymore to people who are doing badly. They don't say, this is how I did well. You can do this too. Oh, I guess that makes sense. Maybe one day when I start doing well, I'll, I'll be able to reverse that trend. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not holding my breath. No, no, I'm not holding my breath either. Yeah, you're laughing because I miss it. What is it? Yeah. Mitsu? I don't, I don't know either. I don't know either. I never get I it right. I just know you don't get it right. That's I know all, I never get it right. Sure how do I pronounce it, Andrew Clavin? It's Mizzou, they call it. Mizzou. Mizzou. That's it's stupid. That's the stupidest I, thing. How come I keep coming on the show? I never get a louder with Crowder T-shirt. Well, we just got them, and they sent—they only sent me XXL. But I have—I have a shirt coming out that you're going to want more. Uh oh. Believe. That? Well, it's—it's as—it's um, as incendiary as a T-shirt can possibly get. But it's a reasoned argument, and it involves Che Guevara. I'll say oh, that. So I think so. I'll send you one of those, and if you wear okay. it on your show, we can we can cross promote that. By the way, uh, we have a, a little bit longer, but I know DailyWire.com. If people want to subscribe directly to you, what's the best link of communication to Andrew Claven directly? Well, I think you can you can go on AndrewClavin.com if you like, but you can also uh, subscribe to the podcast, which is Monday through Thursday, so you get a lot of uh, content there. But I have a, my own website, AndrewClavin.com, and also come on Twitter. I'm at at Andrew Claven. I would love to have you on Twitter. Uh, you can come and at least uh, talk to all the Jew haters. Well, yeah, I don't know if you want to invite this this Twitter crowd. What's <laughs> your crowd? Yeah, our 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 followers are pretty cretinous, but they're not mean spirited, and I think they're mostly your fans. So, Andrew, thank you so much. Well, you know, we'll have you back sometime and do a. Well, let's have you co-hosting in the seat. Um, DailyWire.com. Last word, one sentence. Come to my podcast. Come on, to my podcast. Come to his podcast, Andrew Clavin, yeah. DailyWire.com. No, no, you got your last word. You must go now. Louder with Crowder. Stay tuned. Here's some music. There's not a break here. I never signaled you for a break You gave here. me a single 30 seconds. I, I very clearly mouthed three minutes. Oh. You have time. Just keep, just I have keep time? going. Yeah. Andrew. Andrew, get back here. Get, get, get over here. Get over here. <laughs> what just, happened? I was just making myself a sandwich. I was, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a Jew sandwich. This place is chaos. This place is out of control. He's halfway to the kitchen making matzo balls. Matzo balls. And latkes. How dare he? I'm sorry. I had no idea. See, this is... Here's the problem, Andrew. Not gay Jared. Get get yourself on camera. Don't hide here. I'm not... You. This is 30 seconds. I never gave you that signal. I can give you a different signal if you like. 
stop it. Stop <laughs> it. I, Don't give me the Trigglypuff signal. Okay, Andrew, let, we have a couple. But I want you to come on the podcast. I want to I want to interview you. You on want me podcast. on your podcast? Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't think you ever you've never asked. Well, because I, I, you have to control your language, you know. We we do a clean podcast. No, my my well, that's that was actually really out of character at UMass. My my act is clean. It's very offensive, but uh, even then, it was PG thirteen. I was just I was just at the point where I, I really no, I like. Well, we talked about this. Like, I love Milo and Christina Hoff Summers, and but you've known me for a long time. It's one thing to show up and lecture, and, and I felt I got so mad because Christina is so nice and she's such a sweetie. Yeah. She keeps talking over herself because she can't hear, and I'm saying, well, that's not because she's inarticulate. She can't hear herself, and our sound is going out. And the difference is, I, I, I'm a comedian, and I knew I wasn't going to get jokes out, and I know I can kind of do that. So I said, okay. If I need to fall on this sword or just kamikaze bomb into the audience to hopefully silence them for a bit, I have to do it. And then they quieted down for maybe like two minutes. And then they, you know, once the enforcer was sitting in the chair, they, they started speaking up again. And, um, uh, you know, I, th I think the, the, the thing that really does worry me, especially since we look like we're, we're looking, we have a good chance of getting Hillary Clinton as president. And Hillary Clinton is very antithetical to free speech. I mean, Hillary Clinton hates this, um, you know, that that Supreme Court decision that was came out of the fact that somebody did a video uh, critical of her. Uh, and, well, so do uh, Trump supporters. They hate the Citizens United. That's one of the most misunderstood court cases it, it ever. To it's totally misunderstood, and, and people you know, have to keep explaining it. But one of the things that worries me is these kids have lost the plot of free speech. They don't understand why it's good, right. why it trumps, as it were, you know, hate speech and all that stuff, and why we put up with hate speech in order to have free speech. Now we actually do have 30 seconds, but I think that's Damn a it. better point to end on. <laughs> now you can go enjoy that sandwich in okay. peace. Andrew Claven on Twitter, at Andrew Claven, dailywire.com. I highly recommend his podcast, and I will go on his podcast, and I will bridle my tongue. We'll wrap this up in a bow for you. Stay tuned. And now for Tales from Canada's Mounted Police, Lena Dunham edition. Okay, thanks, Miss Dunham. It looks like it's come down to this. I figured it might. Yeah, I both thought that. I've never seen anyone disrobe so fast at customs. Okay, you gonna get started? Yup, any second, just after this third beer, you know. Is that legal to drink beer on the job? It is today. Okay, well, I don't think this is the first time you've seen this, because I know you have the queen on your money. <laughs> uh. That's great. Making jokes, you know, make this go a little faster. Okay. If you can just stand there against the wall, and I am going to check. Oh. <laughs> if you could please refrain from moving. Uh, I totally get it. Okay, last piece of clothing. Oh, it's gone. Okay, I've got... Did you have too much beer? Oh my god, I think he's choking somebody. Help him! The only thing he's choking on is the side of your ass! What? It's okay. It's okay. Okay. Get up against the wall here. All right, I'm about to body cavity search. Lena Dunham. Let's go. I have places to be. Oh, Canada, our home 
native land. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Where are you going? I love you, Canada. I'm sorry I failed you. Oh my god, I thought those were illegal here. Not today. Stay tuned for more tales from Canada's Mounted Police, Lena Denim Edition. That means it's the last segment. That means it's the home stretch of this show. Home stretch of the show. Which, yeah. Depending on where you. What was that, Metallica? That was something special. That's all we know. Yeah. That's all could be determined at this point. That was. Gosh, the show went by so quickly because we had some great guests. And, and I guess people really liked the, the question and answer with the, the UMass, UMass stuff. Oh, Stalker Jim showed back up on my timeline. Well, I'm glad to see he's still doing okay. Um, and that's Hoppy chewing on his dead squirrel. We got him. A, we got him a chew toy that looks like an SQU. If I say the actual word, he his ears perk up and he goes nuts. And he is just killing this thing. So it's been a good night. It's been a good night. It's been a big week. It's been a stressful week. And there are some uh, announcements here coming on the horizon. If there's a takeaway here tonight, we were talking about Lena Dunham. Sorry, not Lena Dunham. Amy Schumer. It's so easy to confuse them now. It is. They're kind of like just hop on the same train, and it's a train you never want to hop on for lots of reasons. The problem is Amy Schumer was a funny stand-up comedian at one point. Lena Dunham got a job because her dad drew vaginas. Hey, everyone's got a resume that's full of interesting <laughs> things. I worked at Starbucks. Some people drop vaginas. You'd be amazed at uh, how many people just lie about their resumes, and, and people don't even question them on it. I will say this. There are certain, there's a certain cable news network <laughs> that has somebody on there. and No, it's not Ben Shapiro. That has somebody on there who claims to be a Harvard lawyer who has never been to Harvard. And there's a restraining order against this woman. And you already I, said I'm too much. I'm trying to think. You've Just said too to much. There's a restraining order against an organization that in, in Vegas that showcases fighting. So there's a restraining order against her for being a stalker, and she appears now on a cable news network, and they list her as a Harvard lawyer, and it is verifiably false. So I'll leave that out there, and people can do their own their own digging. My goal is never to destroy anybody's career, but but if you're in if the you're subject of vetting a con artist for the Harvard Law, you know, you know, box of con so artists, it's so easy to check. It's it so easy to check. And I will say, of course, this person is a big Trump supporter. That's all I'll say. All I will say, not a Harvard lawyer. Well, you've said before, people didn't know. People assume you have you know college degree and stuff for a long time. They hire you on, and yeah. then realize way later, like, oh, I did well in college. I didn't finish. I've been pretty. I've been pretty open about that on the show. On the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. But people don't bet you for that kind of stuff. I did well when I went in, and then my last semester, I, I bombed out because I was doing stand up every single night. Um, okay, here's a story. Let me wrap. That was my first experience like this. People say, well, how long? Have you, I was 18 years old. Was Champlain College, which was a place I was attending. And I was setting up a stand-up event at Champlain College in St. Lambert. 
And what happened was, it was a BS excuse. There was an open house going on on the weekend, and we were doing the show Friday night in the auditorium. What they really didn't want was a show to happen, period. And the dean folded to these people, where they got us removed from the college to do stand-up. And here's the thing. All of the proceeds at this point were going to um, uh, Christmas baskets, turkey Christmas baskets. And we had already raised a lot of money. People had pre-bought tickets. And so what we did, we couldn't pull the show. The college pulled it. This kind of stuff happens all the time. Was we rented out. We lost, I think, another $600 to rent out the venue. The French college, Du Rocher, across the street, literally right across the street from this college. And then we ha- I had some people out there, I think my girlfriend at the time, and some friends with signs in front of Champlain College that same night directing them across the street. So even back then, little Steven with the little jerk wheels turning, I thought, well, how can we stick it to these people for banning us? And we lost a little bit of money, but the event still happened. And I think we still created like 50 Christmas baskets. Um, so this has been going on in my life for a long time. And I wasn't inherently political. I was just inherently offensive back then. And uh, so I was doing this and doing all the open mics. So I, I, I did. I, I bombed out my last semester of college. The takeaway here, though, is to go back to Amy Schumer, Lena Dunham. You know, you, you can't demand free birth control. You can't demand subsidized woman, women's health care and then get mad when the people paying for it have a say. You can't demand higher taxes on the wealthy like Bernie Sanders. You can't demand people paying their fair share, meaning more than half of every dollar, and then get mad when these people at the higher upper echelon have more pull in government than you do. You can't do that. You, you, you simply can't do it. You can't demand that people who express opinions that you don't like be banned from campus. You can't demand that uh, safe spaces need to be created and hate speech needs to be needs to be regulated and then get mad when your freedom of speech goes away. You can't demand that other people don't have the right to the, the firearms that that you don't like, but then get mad if they don't want you to hunt anymore. You can't get mad when you demand that the government crack down and put more money into solar power and start cracking down on SUVs and then get mad when the prices of your cars go up or then get mad when the UAW goes out of business because of meeting all of these requirements and they can't keep up or build competitive automobiles. You can't look to the government. You can't look to a centralized form of authority, well, whether it's government or school, but media, you can't look to them and give over the reins of power and then get mad when they use them. You, you can't do that. You have to be consistent. And so th- that's a big issue, obviously, that I would have with conservatives, Republicans who aren't conservative. I don't want somebody who's going to be an executive abuser for our side. I want the guy who doesn't want the job. I don't want free condoms. A lot of conservatives go, if you're going to, if you're people, they think they're making a good argument. If you're going to do free birth control, what about free prostate exams? I don't want, first off, I don't want a prostate exam, period. It sounds very unpleasant. I probably won't do it. I might take my chance with the cancer. But I certainly don't want the government to mandate that a woman pays for it. We're talking about this with Dean Cain. Free school. What are you really doing when you say free school? What about people who chose not to go to school, chose to go to a trade school, or chose to start a business, or someone like me who said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go be a stand-up comedian and, and, and do this full-time. What are you doing? You're not just, it sounds nice, free school, free birth control. What you're really doing is forcing somebody who has autonomously made their own choice to not be involved in that activity, you've now forced them to be involved with it because you have an opinion. But then, you don't want them to have an opinion. Pay for my birth control, but don't have an opinion on my sex life. Pay for my school, but I have the right to say which speakers are allowed to come and go. 
And that's where we are. That's the social justice warrior left. That's authoritarianism. You do see it on the right as well as the left, mainly the left. Be consistent. Ladder with Crowder. We'll see you next week.